For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Congratulations, your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Chops and James hanging out today. I hope my voice keeps up. I'm doing my best. It's, I mean, it's working this its way guy, through. Why Chops is the voice? Is it is it a is it a symptom of what had transpired over the weekend? Is my question. Is this why the voice is a little rough? Well, you know, when you get the guys together and you have a bunch of heated intellectual conversations. For a few days. <laughs> yes. When you really dive deep D- in the philosophy, yes. theology, you know, the whole works, politics, it can get a little heated. And of course. You, you lose the voice a little Let bit. Let alone, so you know, sports, all, yeah, yeah all that fun. Um, <laughs> so you're working it, you're working its way back. That's yeah. where I'm at right now. That's where you're um, at. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm sure, doesn't like, doesn't common man keep like a bunch of cough drops or like a just throat lozenges back there? That's what I need. Well, see, I'm not a I'm not a coffee drinker. One. I'm not a tea I drinker. You might, so, I don't know. Tea and honey might help you out. Right now. I think just hot water and honey. <laughs> hot water anyway. Something might help that out. But how was the bachelor party? How Lake Norman? So I I asked you if it was Lake Norman. What? Mm-hmm. How was it? Was it was it stupendous? Because the pictures look amazing, and everyone that I know has gone to Lake Norman loves it. So I yeah. How I mean, was I'm not, Lake Norman? I'm not really a late guy, which we'll get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. that, that didn't work out great for me, but uh, no, the lake itself is really great. We uh, we rented a boat that had its driver, and he was taking us around, and he was like a the, the you meet these people on the lake that are like lake culture people, and like he was yeah. like a Lake Norman kid, grew up there, oh, knew where everything yeah. was, was like, oh, we'll take you to this sandbar, we'll take you to this sandbar, okay. and you know when we were like oh we gotta we gotta stop to to resupply some things he knew exactly where to yeah, go this so. isn't the corporate like norman tour this is the behind the scenes yeah so our guy <laughs> aiden shout out to aiden nice guy he did a good job kind of reminded uh, me of uh our guy hayden right here and, uh, and that's probably just a word association thing but that's that's how i mean but yeah the lake itself is, is uh is a lot of fun the the open water stuff is like serious business. I've never really like. I wanted to go in the big water, but I was like, "You have life jackets because I'm not taking any." <laughs> yeah, risk. That's, a, that's a massive lake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, we were when we were driving up there, we were doing trivia, and one of my friends was looking it up, and he was like, "How many, how many gallons of water is in Lake Norman?" And we were all like, "I don't know," and we we're throwing out billions, and he was like, 3.4 trillion gallons." <laughs> like, well, all right, you like information like that. Is just one of those things that you're like, what am I going to use that for? I don't care yeah. how many gallons are in here. How <laughs> well, clean is the water? Am I going to get some kind of disease that's going to affect the way that I live after I jump in the water? But it's well, so big, it's, yeah. it's fine. We were there on a Friday, so I hope it's a little cleaner at the beginning of the weekend. <laughs> I heard, I honestly have heard nothing but great things about Lake Norman. No, and, yeah, highly and, recommend. And super, ju- I, I am a lake person. Growing up in Minnesota, you don't have a choice. Like, yeah. you're, you're in a, if you walk blindfolded, you're going to fall into a lake. So, <laughs> you got over 11,000 lakes up there. 
And yes, even though we are the land of 10,000 lakes, it's actually 11,000 something. But 10,000 uh, a little cleaner. 11, yeah, you're right. with that. It is. It is. Although some might argue some of those are ponds. Mm. Because like if you've seen some of the man-made lakes with the air quotes for yeah. like for instance my wife grew up on a man-made lake. And so it's like, you know, Corps of Engineers, they damn this man-made lake, pump it, whatever, and so they can fill it when it gets low. But you can boat on it, like you can tube on it, all those mm-hmm. things, can't do jet skis. But like when you go on Google Maps and I search like to drive to her parents' house, it says Aurora Pond. And I'm like, huh, I don't know. I think Google <laughs> says it's a pond. It's not a pond. And I wouldn't consider it a pond, but it's it's kind of like in that tweener. Like what actually is the difference that makes a pond a pond in a lake lake? Yeah, I, I don't know Hayden, what you the difference look that is. Up. You I, got, do... I want the MIT kids to look this up. What is the difference between an actual... I should know this. My dad grew up in a small town called Guttenberg, Iowa that's right on the Mississippi River. Like my grandparents' house, big window up on the second floor, nice. and it's just the river is right out there. It's Beautiful. awesome. And uh, since he grew up... Is that up, as good as it gets in Iowa as far as the view? <laughs> probably. It's... <laughs> it's Eastern Iowa is pretty is actually pretty pretty because it, it's got yeah. a lot of hills with the with the river and everything. It's once you get west that that's not great. But either way, uh, growing up, my dad always told me if you can throw a rock across the river, yeah. it's not a river; it's a stream. Ooh, I so like that's that. how he determines that's that. He so determined. I don't know how we relate that to ponds and lakes, but yeah, I guess maybe there might can, be some rivers that Mike Trout's like. <laughs> That's a stream. Well, that's <laughs> that's what my dad said. He said, as he's gotten older, more streams have become rivers because <laughs> he can, can no longer get the oh, rock across. I love it. All right. So the update on the injury at Lake Norman. Yeah. What happened to the foot? Because your walk is a little, uh, it's, a, it's actually, it's it's hurting me. It's painful for me to watch you try to walk. Yeah. It's uh, luckily it was actually just a sprain. No break. Okay. Nothing. Went to urgent care. They gave me an ankle brace. That's really helped with the mobility part of it. Um, it just, re- <laughs> it reminds me of having a, like a sprained ankle. The the pain is in a different spot, uh, but for the most part, that's the same type of mobility issues I've been having. So what, what happened was we were at one of those sandbars and the boat was pulled up and uh, I was getting off the boat and I was like, you yeah, know, I could just jump in. And one of my friends who, probably has the most experience on the lake or not that lake specifically, but lake stuff uh, than any of us. He was like, no, do not jump in. The water's too shallow there. You're not yeah. going to land right though. Cause the sand is so soft. Uh, and he, he like said it to me like four times. And I was like, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words, right? Yes. <laughs> so I jump yeah, right. I jump in. I don't even think the bottom of my foot ever touched the sand. I think it was just straight side top of my foot somehow. Mm. It's very different than jumping in a pool, I've learned. Oh, uh, my gosh. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just immediately down. The and most they, chops thing ever. <laughs> so the guy, the expert of the lake said, don't jump in here. It's too shallow. <laughs> Whatever. You don't know how to jump, obviously. <laughs> You've been grown up around here. Yeah, so then uh, Saturday morning, I woke up and like could barely walk, could barely stand up. And I was like, uh, he was right. Can somebody take me to urgent care? <laughs> I can't. It's the worst. I can't get around. But once I got the knee brace, and it was also like the peace of mind to know that it wasn't broken. It was just yeah. a sprain. I'm like, okay, I've dealt with a sprained ankle before. I can, I I can handle teammate, this too. This is a true story if you want to help you feel uh, it was equally as dumb. Yeah. But <laughs> I have a teammate that we were having a get-together before we were flying down to New Orleans to play and start prepping for LSU in 07 for the national championship. And... um he was just trying to dance to impress a girl and boom, down he goes ankle legit on injury report. Like oh, we get man. there and they're like, what, what happened from our last bowl practice here to, uh, I don't know. I was sore the last practice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what play did happen? Ah, uh, I don't know. Legit missed practices down there. It had to get like an extra spat. It could barely play because <laughs> of a, 
Uh, well, that's oh, the thing like is you feel, you feel so stupid <laughs> when you go into urgent care and they're like, okay, so what happened? And so I have to tell this story to the, the nurse or, or whatever. And it's just, yeah, you're just like, you're trying to like, I guess like be the most like um, PC about it without yes. like telling them exactly what happened. But uh, yeah, it was just like, we were up at Lake Norman. I jumped into some shallow water and it, it did and it not hurt. end well. Yeah. So here we yeah. are. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way. I guess the most important thing before we move on is I feel like when you go to a bachelor party married, mm-hmm. you have to be able to to come home from that to where like you're not in the doghouse. Like, are you in the doghouse or is she like, is she like, you're just an idiot? Like, this <laughs> yeah, is par for the course. That's what I, I, cause I texted her because uh, we were texting Saturday morning, yeah. but I hadn't told her because I didn't think too much of it on Friday. It was like, it hurt. And, but like by when we were leaving, I was able to walk and yeah. everything. I was like, all right. So then I woke up Saturday morning and it was much worse. And, uh, so we were texting just like catching up and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I said, <laughs> FYI, I have a broken slash sprained foot. <laughs> She's like, what? And I was like, just so you know. Just so you know, this happens. So when I walk home with a limp or I come home with a limp, don't worry about it. So yeah, she called me and she's like, you moron, go to urgent care right now. And that's that's where I went. Look, so. it's, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I always think that that's the main thing when you're married is, for one, constant communication. Don't lose your phone. Right. Uh, like I went to that 36 hole golf thing, you know, with my buddy and, and all of our college buddies. Yeah. And I'll tell you about my one friend who's just legendary. Hayden, don't try this at home. But the, the guy goes, <laughs> can I get a double Tito's mixed with a truly? I'm like, what? Mm. That was like his, that was like his fourth go round at it too. Like yeah. that was after the 80%, you know, champagne to OJ mimosa in a 20 ounce cup. This is, I'm not talking about like a small champagne. That anyway. is quite the so, order. Aggressive. Right. Right. And then, you know, so you have the nap, wake up, does it again. And then it was the whole fact of like, oh, his phone died at like 6 p.m. There was tornado warnings around our county as all this happening. And his wife was trying to contact him. Yep. That's not a good way to wake up the next morning. I'll never forget his first words. He woke up and he's like, probably should charge my phone, but I'm scared too. (laughs) Well, and then I had to deal with like, I had to deal with this. That So then Saturday night we were out and uh, all my buddies were like, trying like we ran into a bachelorette party and like so you combine those two things and all my buddies were like oh yeah go talk to our friend he's over there he's injured and like all these girls kept coming up and and i was just like yeah i'm injured but hands off (laughs) i didn't have very much mobility so oh man that's great (laughs) it was a good time though i I had a good time you know i had a good time last night pete alonzo oh He's had a good time the last two. Yeah, he's. Uh, I heard Bean talking about this. He's made more money the last two years off his home run derby winnings than his salary for the Mets. So I actually watched yeah. some of the home run I had derby. it on. Uh, the show. A, the, the show Otani stuff obviously gets you interested. Yeah. That like back and forth he had where they yeah. were they kept going to overtimes and stuff. Yeah. And, but then he was out in the first round, and then right. I then I kind of left it the on. One the one that ate upset was a little disappointing. Like Everyone yeah. was so excited to see Shohei go at it. And... Um, just really hit a bunch of nice singles <laughs> for a while, but I you still had a chance. And you're right, the, the the I guess the overtime as you I don't know what do they call it the swing off whatever they had going on was fun. I love this format compared yeah, to the it's old a lot one. better, yeah. Um, because even when it came down to it, like, and you could tell the broadcast was just trying to beg Shohei Itani to like to uh to tie it up because he had like yeah. three swings and he was three homers behind uh to keep to keep you know going to another swing off. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it, but what was amazing to me was just how like 
how focused the dudes were. Obviously, the altitude has something to do with all this, right? The altitude yeah. with the ball. Fly. Some of these things look like pop-ups. And I'm like, there's no chance. And next thing you know, boom, over over the fence. Well, and also, if you're not paying attention, it. you kind of lose track because they're showing a ball. And you're yes. like, have they counted that one yet? I or know. is I it know. up on the board yet? There's got to be somebody <laughs> up there counting, right? But I'll say this. Pete Alonso, fo- for one, I love how passionate he was about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell that this was a guy... And he mentioned it many times to where his dreams were to compete in that. Like as a kid, he loved watching it. Yeah. And he kept he kept saying, he's like, this is this is like a dream come true for me to be able to do this. Because I feel so much that like your top stars. That's what they need to revamp the dunk yes, contest. The dunk contest. Being. People like, don't care about it at all. I want anymore. like LeBron to grow yeah. up or some star, right? To mm. come up there and be like, no, I dreamt about winning this as a kid. And also is like one of the top. So it's it's fun to see how passionate he was about it. And then they kept going back to like showing him med- meditating and like visualizing like he was having fun, but he was dead serious. Like he was dead. He was not playing around. Yeah. He wanted to win that. Where I think some of the other guys, you could tell, like, oh, I'm just here to try to swing and whatever. Um, I like the baseball festivities champ. on All Star Weekend because they they seem to really enjoy being around each other and like hanging out. Like, and there's yeah. just a lot of fun in it. And then you know, like, there's it's famously that like the Pro Bowl isn't fun at all. Yeah, and you can tell that yeah. nobody's enjoying any of those skills competitions and any of those things they're doing uh but yeah the baseball they've got that right with the one-on-one competition bracket style that was the right decision yeah for the uh for the home run derby tonight you've got the all-star game that's at 7 30 that is going to interest me less probably yeah i won't uh, wa- i won't watch that the home run derby though is, especially is, the, winner, is the winner of that gonna is the winner of that still get the home I, field i believe they took that away okay. um i know that like how up the date i'm on baseball i know it was uh i know it was on like the books to be taken away but i don't know exactly like what year if they had to like through like collective bargaining, I don't know if they had know. To, to stick I'll with it, it for way. a little bit longer. When it comes longer. to baseball, whenever the whenever the players want, they usually get. Hayden, do we have an update? What makes a pond and a pond and a lake a lake? So if the sun can reach the ground, uh, can reach the floor of the pond, then it's a pond. Ooh, so it's depth. So it's the light. Yeah, it's about the wow. can the light reach the what bottom? If, what if? Wow. The, so it's not size. It's not it's size. Depth. No, it's depth. Yeah. What if the size of or the side of your foot can reach the bottom of the lake as you're jumping off a boat into it? Well, how does that, that affect whether that it's that part is a pond? Hayden, there's different parts. <laughs> so, Hayden, is that why Ohio has some of these like man-made lakes or lakes because they're so dirty and brown? They're the so sunlight dirty. can't get to the bottom. <laughs> Must be a lake. Well, it's only six feet deep. No, it doesn't matter. It's so dirty. No, su- no vitamin D actually gets to the floor. Of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if this was clean water, the sun would definitely be hitting the bottom, but uh, oh, it's not getting man. there with some of these waters. We Gosh. Got. All right, so there you have it. That's the home run derby. Pete Alonzo, back-to-back winner to Pete, as Hayden said. Coming up, usually I just assume that Team USA basketball will dominate, and that's how it is. Well, that might not be how it is anymore. Bishop and Laura Knight is on the fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Drinking responsibly with a touch of class. Is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis is sponsored by Window Nation. Searching for replacement windows online? Visit windownation.com today. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Chops and James Laurinaitis hanging out with you today. I'm working at it. I'm Chops. Now it's <laughs> is like it really, even worse than that? Yeah. Let's see what the impressions come out of this one. Yeah, it's that'll right. be great. Sorry, <laughs> I think it's soothing. Chopper. You know what? It's, nice it's and relaxing. You know what? It's better then. It could be a lot worse. You could be squeaking. Mm-hmm. At least you don't have the squeaky losing the voice. Well, or you could be Team USA and lose two games in a row. 
in exhibition games leading but up to the Olympics. But chops, Nigeria and Australia. Well, that is the big difference right Doesn't now. Does Australia is, have Delavadova? Especially, I mean, especially t- Australia. But even uh, some people were pointing out, like Nigeria, like they, you know, they're no slouch. And it's not even. It's just the idea of where like uh, international basketball has come. That like you're playing against five NBA guys on some of these teams. Like yeah. a team like Australia, especially. The there were some quotes. I think it was Joe Ingles. He plays for Australia, and he was saying like. We we thought we could beat them going in. Like yeah. it was, the Nigeria one was like a big like international like kind of upset. So like they were they were super excited, but the the Australian guys were just saying like yeah we that's what we thought was going to happen. So we're we're happy that we were we were able to win that. So yeah, they beat Team USA yesterday, ninety one to eighty three, out in Vegas. And uh, Coach Greg Popovich, he's just he he says you know just, like it's kind of like trust the process. Right now he said this. I thought we got better tonight after a short time together. There's a lot of things that have to be covered. So they're uh, he's not too concerned, I guess. Yet I would be concerned if I was the coach of Team USA and you lose two straight. Yeah, I I think you can be concerned yet also have the perspective of I'm sure a lot of these guys are tired. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had they basically played two basketball seasons in one year, as are the other guys. Like you mentioned, the NBA players yeah. on Australia, and but. <sighs> I don't like when when teams have the mentality of like we'll turn it on when it matters, you know, because it's hard. Like you have a bunch of guys that haven't played together a whole mm-hmm. bunch trying to come together for this tournament in the Olympics, and you can't just flip a switch in sports. The Lakers tried to do it this year. Oh, we have injuries, and so LeBron's not playing, AD's not playing, but yeah. oh, they're talented. When they get to the playoffs, they'll flip a switch and go. Like yeah. it's not that easy. Yes, they're extremely talented, and if this is the best out of seven. U.S. probably wins, but it's not the way it's going to roll. So it's it's very unique. Um, I, I do have well, another factor that's going into it right now is um, these teams have been playing together. A lot of the other international teams since they were teenagers, right? And America's team is kind of always, yeah. And really, ever since like the dream team, it's just kind of how they do it. They just throw, you know, because they have more talent than any other country. They just throw together and you know a seemingly all star team of the NBA and send that out yeah. there and a lot of times it has worked they've been dominant since 1992 but it uh it doesn't always come together it's, this one's built more for shooting yeah and so they're being the like like australia and nigeria both knew that and they're just yeah. being dominated down low right now yeah it, it's it honestly is it's something that when you look at it you got to be concerned and you have to you have to really wonder like i'm starting to wonder now like i i just like you said you assume that they're going to be great you assume it's a gold medal's coming. Mm-hmm. Like you almost like chalk it up. You know, it's like, you know what? Okay. When we do the whole country tally at the end, which it's funny because like a lot of these sports, I really don't care about for like three years and 11 months. <laughs> but then when this month of competition comes, I'm like, damn right. We're on top, you know? <laughs> and it's always funny to see the teams that you're competing with. Usually China yeah. um, in the winter Olympics. It's always like the Netherlands, you know, cause speed skating, they're going to dominate. And then obviously Norway was skiing and all this stuff, cross country, the whole fun, the fun stuff, bobsled, you know, Jamaica. Cool but yeah, Olympics. you'll just, you'll put on that America hat Absolutely. during the Olympics. And, and it's just, fun. And just, yeah, but, but, so, but you always chalk up like, Oh, we got a goal for Simone. We got a goal for basketball. Katie Ledecky's going to get gold and everything she competes in. So, like, you start assuming goals, and now I'm saying to myself, are we so sure? Are we sure about this with the U.S. basketball team? Because it really only takes, like you said, it's a couple bad nights and, and them hoping that they really turn it on. So, yeah. I think it's, you can get better in losses. I think that sometimes people think that's just a lame moral victory, or, but you can learn. Like, there have been games that I've played 
in pro football to where you're like, damn, we played better. Like we won last week and didn't play as well. Mm-hmm. And we played better this week and lost. It's, it's the competition, but you shouldn't be saying that when you're playing Australia and Nigeria. Let's be realistic, Pop. Yeah, you should be able to, to to figure it out. Right now, they're trying to get their shooting going. Damian Lillard and uh, Kevin Durant are kind of the leaders of it. They had a better shooting night against Australia. They were ten to twenty from three point land. It's weird. I don't. Uh, I you know I don't know a ton about like the Olymp like the differences between Olympic, but like their their point totals seem low to me. It was like twenty two and seventeen. Yeah, and you think like a guy like Durant who can go out there and score thirty five a night in NBA games and playoff type games. Yeah, that he could be more. But maybe they're you know they're trying to work in the guys and everything. There's just not a lot of uh, you were talking about teams turning it on, and sometimes the big thing with that is and LeBron seemed. Like he could do this and it finally maybe caught up with him this year. But a lot of times it's because of the experience you have in the playoffs and what you, you know, you know what it's like once you get there. This Olympic team doesn't. The, I think it's, uh, it's Durant and who's Draymond Green are the only returners from 20, uh, 2016, and then yeah. Kevin Love is the, the only years, other the one. The years get off. It's like the 17th <laughs> yeah. game in the NFL. Like, hold on, this is the 2020 well, then, game. Well, it's, yeah, it's 2021. So I'm like, wait, just what? Like, just, like, congratulations <laughs> to Italy, the 2020. I'm like, wait, what? No, it's 21. But yeah, and then Kevin Love is the only other guy with any of the Olympic experience on the team. So you got yeah. a lot of guys coming out there. They're trying to put the team together as it goes, and while you're trying to learn how to play with these guys, you're also trying to learn how this competition works. How does it? How does it feel to be out there playing this Olympic stuff? So hopefully they can figure it out but yeah it's not a promising thing that they finally get the whole team together first two exhibition games not looking good losing for team usa no and it's (laughs) i'm just laughing at the fact that you're looking at like who is playing for australia and like i guess ben simmons could have played for him and he decided not to so you're like this is not even like well we're not full strength we don't have lebron like the guys that america has playing for them right Mm -hmm. now should mop up everybody. That's the reality. If well, they play to their talent. Yeah, because if the if the big deal is like, oh, Australia's without Ben Simmons, it's like, well, right. there's like so many players I could list that could be on Team USA that I think are better than Ben yeah. Simmons. Draymond's got to give you more than a point. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so Popovich, <laughs> great coach. Obviously a lot of talent. We'll keep an eye on them. See, see if they get it together. But it goes fast. If you start to lose in the Olympics, yep. it's over. It's over. It, You're that, done. You're going home. and There's no turning it around. Yeah. So I worry about flipping the switch, man. I just don't think it can be it can be done. So they need to feel they need to feel good to win, get that under them, You know, start to get the camaraderie going. Um, and just start making your threes. The Olympics in general are just going to be strange with no spectators. It will be different. So when you're watching like the Especially US play because like there's nobody there. Yeah, and it's um like I don't think they're gonna do like the sound like pumped in. So like they, I don't know where the juice is gonna be for some of those events you talk I'll tell about. You where just let the whole a full open mics, no delay, but just go. Let, let's let the, go. Let the, let's hear the trash talk. That'll make it interesting. Well, what if the do they trash talk in like especially in basketball? Like there's so much play around the world. Do you think like most people go for English or like do people like I don't even tr- care. Like it's <laughs> even better. Don't worry about it. Tran- translate like, at your I don't own know risk. what he's saying. Translate, but at I get it. I feel, I feel it. I don't know what he's actually saying, but I feel the anger. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure trash talk to the officiating is, <laughs> is bilingual. Yeah. It goes anyway. <laughs> now we have Peyton Manning weighing in on the Aaron Rodgers situation. We'll tell you what Manning said next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. This is Ohio State football coach Ryan Day on your home for Buckeye football. The fan, the fan. Ohio sports destination. 
It's Bishop and Laurenitis's What's Up? What's up, man? What's up, Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. Chops and James Laurenitis filling in today on BNL. Well, I guess not filling in for you. This is your show. You're always here. But we'll be back tomorrow. So sorry, sorry, sorry about my voice, people. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling through. It, it, it'll, it'll last. It'll be good. Luckily, this one, we got a soundbite to play for you so you don't have to hear me the entire time. I'll tell you what's up. Aaron Rodgers. It's, I mean, it's the only thing going on in the NFL. It's the that's only right. thing to talk about Yelling because news. we're, we're yeah. in that like middle point. Where, well, he is the MVP. That's true. It's not, yeah, this isn't just a, like, that would be weird. Like, I wonder how much coverage this would get if it was like, you know, an incumbent starter, like a playoff team. But like, how much coverage yeah. would this would get if, I don't know, who would be a car? Sure, Derek Carr. If Derek Carr was kind of in this Such situation, a good example because Derek Carr is just—I feel like Derek Carr like tweets and says stuff to try to like put his own self out. Like I'm still here. Yeah, know? like he's the guy in the room where like, well, he, he like inserted himself. Oh, you're talking into about the, Derek Carr. And he's like, guys, the, I'm literally right here. <laughs> you know when he inserted himself into like this discussion by being like, I, I'm, I'll totally recruit Devonte Adams to come play yes. with me in Oakland, yes. and it's like Devonte Adams had no comment. Yes. On that. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about playing with Derek Carr? What? Crickets. So yeah, as far as Aaron Rodgers, where he's going to play this year, everybody's got their two cents. Some people more you know, in tune to what's going on yeah. than others. I would say Peyton Manning is like, you really respect his opinion, but I, I, I would put him like in the middle of the pack as far as in tune. It's interesting because the team he talks about here is the Broncos, and he obviously still has a relationship with the Broncos. So I, it, it, you then you have to kind of put on your hat and go, is this insider information? Is this stuff that they're asking him to say? Because he was asked this last night on MLB Network. So it's, it's you know, it's a, an official media appearance to promote the All-Star game. And what a good job out of Major League Baseball <laughs> that they bring on a football player to talk about other football That's players right. <laughs> to That's promote right. their All-Star game. That, That's right. That just sums up where Major League Baseball is. But either way, here's what Peyton Manning had to say last night. Say, I hope he plays somewhere this year. The fact that Aaron Rodgers might not yeah. play this year is, I, I can't fathom it. He's too good of a player, yes. too fun to watch for the fans. I, I personally hope it's in Green Bay because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I see him mm-hmm. as. I hope they can kind of make amends and work work out. That team is so close. Uh, if he were to leave there, it would be a, a major change, obviously, for them. So, um my gut is he's not coming to Denver. My gut is Denver's going to you know, have Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater be their quarterback. And at, at this point, you kind of kind of know mm-hmm. what your plan is. We can't be having a new quarterback up three weeks before the season. Right. That I don't disagree with how he ends that with you can't have a quarterback going, you know, like who's going to be our quarterback three weeks going into the season. But it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I think Denver would take it. That's why this to me seems like a statement that like Denver has told him these things because that's always been what's coming out of their campus. We've got Drew Locke. We've got Teddy Bridgewater. We've got quarterbacks. We'll be okay. We don't need to trade for Aaron Rodgers yeah. when everybody knows the truth of it is how how much time you have to, to get up to it could affect it a little bit, but add Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos and they're immediately better. They're probably immediately a playoff team. So thanks, Peyton, for your comments, but uh, that that's how I'm reading through them. I just, I don't... I don't think that you have a quarterback there in Denver. Like you have two, like you have people, mm-hmm. but you don't have a dude, you know. And if you're Elway, and you had just won, you won a Super Bowl not that long ago with Peyton, you've done this same scenario where you bring a former MVP in to your building, yeah, and you have success. It was the only time he had success, and he's been coasting yes, off and it. And he's missed. I mean, Paxton Lynch. I mean, now we're now we have Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. You think? 
Teddy Two Glove is not going to. Yeah, who be was the Osweiler? There. Remember that? Yes, yeah, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> so you have. I mean, he actually benched Peyton Manning for Osweiler for a little <laughs> bit that last year. Peyton wasn't great. I'll admit it. Peyton yeah. wasn't great. But then they come and win the Super Bowl and, he, and, off, and off to the sunset. I just think that with with this, I, it does pain me to say that he thinks that they're going with on without Aaron Rodgers because I do believe Peyton would know if that was part. Now, he probably wouldn't say either. Like, mm-hmm. if you actually are part, Peyton's not one, like, he doesn't need to break news. So he's not going to go out there and say it. But I just, when you when you think about how much better the Broncos, that changes the whole AFC West. Yeah. I mean, they're the it changes ones. changes the whole AFC. because you're, you're transferring yes. them conferences. Yes. Yeah. But I'm just saying, the AFC West in general, with Herbert, looks promising out in, out in L.A. Carr is a, a really talented quarterback. I don't, he's obviously the third best. I think, I think he's even below Herbert, but. Sometimes it feels like the Raiders could turn it on and be something. Yes. The pieces yes. are there. Carr's good enough. Gruden, we know, can do it, even though he's like a super yep. weird guy. Like yep. We know he can do it. They just got to kind of figure it out. And sometimes that just happens. There are just years where the teams figure it out. So, yeah, you're right. They're, and then Mahomes. And then, and then so yeah. like, throw Aaron Rodgers in that mix. And you're like, holy smokes. The AFC West is incredible. Yeah. And it already is incredible. But it just adds a whole other layer to that that would be outstanding. Um I'm starting to get to the point where I don't like watching the match. And I talked about this with Bo yesterday. Like, it just seems Aaron is so content. Yeah. And so it makes you wonder, like, if he's going to play, it has to be showing up day one. Cause you don't, there's, there's a, I think the Packers are relying on pure pressure to where if he waits three weeks in the camp and then shows up like game week, Mm-hmm. And they struggle because his rhythm's off or the timing's off or whatever. And they start one and three. That's pure pressure from your guy saying, no. man, you showed up, but that, you like, we're all well, suffering because of you. And that'll flip the narrative for the front office yes. in Green Bay. That like, oh, it's, yes. it's all going to be or Aaron's fault. you just say, hey, guys, point. I need to handle this once and for all. I need to get out of here. Like, maybe he's telling teammates, I'm out. Like, I'm just simply out. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm gone. Like, I'm gone. Like, I'm yeah. not a part of the Packers anymore. Or he just doesn't play. Which is, I mean, it's... Well, uh, that word you use, content, does kind of ring true here. Because whenever he's asked about it, he doesn't sound that concerned. No. He does not appear to be like... He's been He doesn't appear to be the guy who's like, oh, I'm also out here. And I'm sure he is. But he's not like posting Instagram videos about how hard he's training. He's like going on hikes with movie stars. Right. Which is fine. Aaron Rodgers can do that if he wants. It just, from, from the outside looking in, it does it does strike me as a guy who is definitely done with the Packers, and I believe him when he says he he's not going to play for them, but I'm yeah. not so sure Aaron Rodgers might not just be done with football. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I just don't I don't know anymore. It's He's one of the most fascinating individuals to try to get in the mind of. Um, he's a deep thinker, mm-hmm. and he's talked a lot about his mental health, and he seems like he's at a very good place of just whatever happens, happens. And I start to wonder if he's just content with moving away from all of the mess. Um, it obviously would be a shock, but... I mean, this is more, I guess, there's better signs of him just saying the heck with it and being done than there was for Andrew Luck. Yeah. When Andrew Luck just pulled the okie doke on everybody and was like, all right, I'm out. Like, he's at least said, I'm working on my mental health. I'm really enjoying being away and not focusing on, you know, football too much. All those comments, you could say, if he said, hey, I'm retiring, you'd be like, okay, I think he's gotten to a point where he's just sick of all the fluff about it. 
and he's ready to move on. And like obviously he'd like to go win another championship. Everybody does. That's why they compete. But he's got one, so he's not in that club where he's That's like, right. is he one of the best to, right. to never win? Right. He's got three MVPs, so he's got the personal awards along with it. He's uh, you know right that he's not like on the uh, like. Yeah. He's not in the Hall of Fame discussion like, oh, he would need to do this to, to get there. Like, he's he's right. a, probably a Hall of Famer pretty much. I mean, he might, he'd probably be first ballot. I mean, a three-time yeah, MVP. He'd be a, would, fir- he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. However, I would say, um, I would say that he is... The weird politics of the way writers vote on it. True. If he did this, if he ended his career this way, that might affect, yeah. That's true. How many votes he would get, at least at first. Yeah, that's true. I just think that there's... I just think that there is a. It really comes back on the Packers because you're right. He he is a Hall of here's Famer. What, here's what we'll do. There's a better way to handle this whole thing, and that's where we're going to go next. Is nobody has handled this correctly. This whole situation. It's been the biggest headline this year in the NFL. We'll discuss how each one could have promised, possibly done it a little bit better. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here on the fan. On air, online, on the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. It's first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Chops and James hanging out with you on a Tuesday. Bo will be back tomorrow. My voice will be back, I don't know, two weeks now. Hopefully just another couple of what, days. What comes back faster, your foot or your voice? Mm, I would say my voice is probably a stronger muscle. I talk a lot more than I than I walk. So that's unbelievable. That right there. I don't know how you how do you how do you compare how much you walk to how much you talk? But know. as far as I if you're quite a bit, if you're talking about working out a muscle, I definitely I definitely talk more than the average person. <laughs> and then if you compare that with how much, although the dog has helped, I do try, like to take her on a walk almost every day. Can't go. right now though. She she pulls too much. Can't can't keep she, up with her. She'll yeah. The Poor hardest dog. part is she keeps wanting to Chop, like... so selfish. Now the dog's losing too because of you. I keep trying to put my foot up and like ice it and stuff. One, she always wants to like grab the either the bag of ice or ice pack, whatever it is. And then also she like jumps around and is playing with her toys and like... Yeah. The, it like happened like five times yesterday where she jumped and I was like, oh, like yeah. stay stop, away. Stop, yeah. yeah, you know what else is fun with that? Toddlers. Yeah. That, that helps <laughs> a lot too. Yeah, they really understand when you're... <laughs> the amount of times that I at night putting the girls to bed... Yeah. Tell them your sister is sleeping next door through this wall. Yeah. Your baby sister's sleeping. Please get quiet. I'll be like, okay, dad. And then I shut the door and it's like someone kicks the other. Ow, London. Stop. <laughs> Back and forth. I'm like, I, I, I literally, I just sit there and wait. And I'm like, you know, and then I start yelling at them in like a whisper. Yeah. Shh, shh, stop. <laughs> you know, and they don't understand. This went on for, I literally, we watched the nest the other night. We have a nest camera in the room mm-hmm. and it's 45 minutes. I'm like, this is like starting at 8.30. And it's not like my kids have just and, been sitting watching movies. They have been outside all day in the sun. And hanging out with each other mostly, right? Well, yes. <laughs> Why are you not tired? I'm exhausted. Why are you not tired? Go to bed. Anyway. Yes. So kids, I mean, it just gets better is what I'm telling you. It just, just gets, gets better. better. Yeah. With kids, with this uh, this injury I'm dealing, I don't know yeah. what, I, I, what I'd do. No, have kids, they said. It'll be fun. I've been trying to hold back on how many things I've asked Jen to do me. Like to do for me, do for me. <laughs> um, with this injury, but it, it, it hasn't gone well. Like last night, oh, I was like, uh, "Can you go get me some Advil?" And she just looked at me with this glare. Mm. Speaking of things that are hard to handle, the this granted the Aaron Rodgers thing has been hard to handle, but it, I mean, it all goes back to the Packers, which is where it starts. 
Nobody's handled this well, but the Packers started the whole thing by bungling everything with the 2020 draft and going for, uh, what's his name, Jordan Love, and not talking to Rodgers about that. Then Aaron Rodgers, he says something every week, and he's kind of coy with mm-hmm. people. You, you mentioned he's, he's an interesting guy, so I think he kind of knows how to how to work that stuff by saying just enough, but it's really not not much. And now he's throwing out there like the next couple of weeks, and it's like, what does that really mean? That's not a real date on anything then you've got that no team has come out and really been honest about wanting him that kind of goes back to the Peyton Manning stuff as he's sort of an ambassador for the Broncos so saying that like oh they're they're cool with sticking with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater it's just not true if the if the trade was like fully offered and the Packers were like fully on the block with him people would want him right away there and there's a lot of teams have come out and said no we, we like our guy and just not true and then it boils down to all of this comes down to people like us Sports Center, first take, all this stuff, and it's all we can talk about because it's happening. Well, depending on, I guess, how you look at it, it's happening at the worst time for the NFL because it's the only pocket in the calendar that they don't have a big thing going on mm. between uh, OTAs yeah. and training yeah. camp. And so it's the only thing we talk about. And uh, the only person who, you know, is probably okay with that is Deshaun Watson. Right. Who's like, his story has been totally on the back burner. And I think that's probably the right choice with his because it's like legal stuff. But it's just, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the only thing we talk about. And I just don't think anybody has handled this well. But I think it all boils back down to the Packers. They Every step has been not great by their front yeah. office with this. It has. And... Bo brought it up yesterday where he said, you know, we're getting close to training camp. And then when you actually look at the dates, and I saw this in the ticker on ESPN earlier this morning, July 21st is when the first NFL, I think, rookie camp opens up. That's a week from tomorrow. And here we are with an MVP and Aaron Rodgers saying he's not playing for the team that he played for a year ago. And Deshaun Watson, who's an MVP type rising star. Uh-huh. We're not even, we're just assuming like everyone's moving forward as if like he's not playing. Yeah. Nothing's been said officially. We're a week away from training camps and no one even knows what the actual, and like, is. what is the, I think training camp because you can start to get fined unless yeah. you're that's so we're, yeah, you're right. We're what a week away yeah. from like the commissioner's exemplus. So I'm wondering like, so if Deshaun yeah. Watson a week from that just shows up and everyone's just assumed that he didn't want to play for the Texans. He just shows up. Cause he's going, you know what? It's been a hell of a summer. I want to get paid. Yeah. Has, I, has Goodell <laughs> named a, has Goodell named a, an actual statement of, well, hold on, hold on, no, 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 hold on. You're on the exemplist. You can't. They, they haven't done they that have officially. They have to do something. So, yeah. Because if not, it, it does put the Texans in a really awkward position because of the whole legal matters. Do you say, no, you're actually Because they don't, they don't want exempt. him there, but they right. also don't want to fine him for not being there because right. like, that's just a whole other thing that has right. to... And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where the commissioner comes in is like, yep. hey, you have to take care of these things sometimes. Yep. So yep. Exactly. So that's that's the unique thing when it comes to those two players, how close we are to camp. It, it honestly has me thinking, Chops, when it comes to the Packers, you've been so fortunate to have Favre and the Rodgers, and mm. you've won two Super Bowls over that span of 30 plus, 35 plus years like I, of yeah. them quarterbacking your franchise. that They have woefully underachieved with just two Super Bowls. It's kind of like the Drew Brees conversation. New Orleans had Drew forever. He yeah. holds every record in the NFL. It seems like a quarterback, him or Tom. And they only got it done. And they once. got the one. Mm-hmm. It's the most. It's it's the most. Fr- like if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, ever since Drew Brees has come over, you said we've ha- there hasn't been a question of quarterback. We have our guy. Yeah. We had like since oh nine, oh eight, oh nine, oh eight. What's that? One of those years. But they won in oh nine. Yeah. This is my rookie year. 
I'll never forget, I can't live it down because my Malcolm Jenkins still reminds me. <laughs> so that year on, you know, we got our guy. We're going to win many more. The only other, what time, did, when did Aaron start starting? Because the only other quarterback who compares like for that decade then is Tom Brady. Yeah. And we obviously know what they were able to do. Yeah. Um, everybody else, I, I guess you could maybe throw in like Rivers as, you know, and Breeze yeah. and Rivers are, are kind of linked in a so way. So I think too. in 08, he started starting. So I'm not just going off his stats. Okay. Because, you know, it says like 65 yards, 46 yards, 218, 4,000, It's a pretty safe deduction yeah. from yeah. you. Yeah. So I'm maybe, assuming he didn't start the year he threw for 218 yards and one touchdown. Yeah. And especially because, okay, then you look at Breeze and Rodgers. You're in the NFC. You don't even get the, yeah. the Brady excuse right. every time. You know, that's right. been like the, the Brady man. Manning excuse is kind of what AFC guys can go with, but like you guys should be the Brady and Manning of the NFC, and yet Eli Manning has the, the other Manning. Eli Manning yeah. has more Super Bowls than you guys, or the tied for the same amount, even if you combine yours. Right. So, just to keep in perspective, so Favre starts for the Packers in '92, a year before I was born. Since '92, they've had Favre or Rogers starting at quarterback for them, with the exception of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. And you've won two Super Bowls. Yeah, that's not cutting it. That's, that's not cutting it. That's, because we talk about how important the quarterback to, position right. is. You have had the look at the Browns. The Browns have played so damn long, and you have one more Super Bowl than the Browns, uh, or two more Super Bowls than the Browns in that span. Yeah, and the, really that whole span, the Browns have been searching for a damn quarterback, and they still might have. They might have one. We're still we we're hopeful. Yeah, you, I mean, if you're given that cheat code of like your quarterback situation yeah. is figured out, and you haven't been able to capitalize on it very much, that is. At, my, at that point, like I said at the beginning of the segment, the, the pointing the finger back at the front office and the way the Packers are run. So everybody in Green Bay, it's your fault because you guys own the team. <laughs> <laughs> we continue our 20 big question series next. Can Dwayne Haskins rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh? We'll try to answer that. Bishop and Laurinaitis on the fan. Sports talk distilled to its purest form. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Chops and James hanging out with you today. We started this yesterday, and uh, I wasn't here, so correct me if I'm getting the format wrong, but I think I've got it down. Bo explained it pretty well, but we're, we're going through our 20 biggest questions of, and, you know, obviously there's sports going on, but it feels like the offseason. As the offseason's coming to an end, we're approaching, you know, the, the NBA being done. The only thing's going to be around is baseball. Yeah. Football's about to start back up. So what are some questions that have been on our minds that we finally feel like we have the time to really open up, sit back, take a look at? And this one, and I, I like this one a lot because it um, it has multiple facets of, of how I think it could go, how, how it could be figured out, how it's going to go for the actual guy that is the subject. Can Dwayne Haskins rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh? And the biggest part starts out with, will he be around long enough to even have a chance to like play after Ben's done? Well, how long is Ben going to be there? Because at this yeah. point, they're still rolling with him. I yeah. I tend to think well, Mike Ben's- Tannenbaum thinks that he's done. He'll be benched by Christmas. So that's a glowing review of how he thinks Ben's going to play this year. I, I mean, I, I think he's done too, but I also, I don't know if they would bench him. I know. Because that's I'm at. <laughs> they, like, Pittsburgh just loves him so much, and mm-hmm. I don't know what to think of these other guys that yeah. are there. So if, if something happens where Big Ben, and, uh, and maybe they can write it off this way because his elbow is not holding up. That's the biggest issue with, with Big Ben is he, he his elbow is, is going out and he's not as, in command, and it's not in a dome as like Drew Brees had some of those 
benefits going through the, the last few years for him is that he, he has such a, a command over what's going on with with the Saints and in the Dome. There, there's so much you can do with that. Whereas Big Ben, once his elbow starts to go and it's yeah. cold and wet yeah. and the, the ground gets harder in Pittsburgh, like I just don't know how much more he can take. So that's where this question first opens up for me. But even if Big Ben gets benched, well, now there's, you know, they've really been rolling with Mason Rudolph. I don't know exactly where they're at, and we're going to get a chance to talk to Brooke Pryor about that and, and figure out where they're there. Um, but then can Dwayne Haskins get that? Is he really even going to be on the active roster yeah. all that much throughout the season? And it's and so that's where it starts from like the 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 second half of this question. Can he rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh? There's a lot of question marks in Pittsburgh. Do I think Dwayne Haskins can rejuvenate his, his career? Yes. And I think Pittsburgh is a good place to be, but at the same time, there's a lot going on with their quarterback situation right now. And I think it opens up a, a wider question. If he doesn't rejuvenate it in Pittsburgh, is he done? Like if he, if, yeah. if, if at the end of this, this fall is crucial. Like that's one of the things about preseason. You always try to find these storylines of like players, you know, former Buckeyes who are trying to break into roles or this is a make or break and the similarity to where Cam Newton is flirting yeah. with this, you know, it, if, Teams, organizations, and coaches give up on quarterbacks faster than any yeah, other position yeah. and just say, oh, he's, I mean, he might get signed and bounce around, but as far as like starting caliber, like that happens and then it's just yeah. over. So for instance, and I guess you should say, should his career rejuvenate, define rejuvenate. I mean, back to, back to a starter, first round pick, you would assume you need to be a starter in yeah. the league, right? So there's different expectations. Are you willing to humble yourself? Like Cam Newton the reason why I say that his career could be done if he doesn't beat out Mac Jones or keep off Mac Jones is because is Cam okay with being a backup? Cam is, I mean, he's like approaching, and that's where Dwayne is right now. And like, they, you at least have to get off of this. You can't be being signed as a backup that isn't for sure the backup and is signing for like the league veteran minimum. Right. Those right. kind of deals. Yes. So it's it's a it's a good life still. Like if Dwayne, yeah. like if we if we look back, we'll be. You could say it is a disappointment. If you're a first round pick as a quarterback to not be a starter and to be a career backup, Mm -hmm. you draft a quarterback in the first round because you want him to start. That's reality. But the the way it all flows too, like that first round pick money dwindles down. Now you're talking about league men, some other but can he be a case Keenum? Can he be that's a successful career, but Case Keenum wasn't drafted first round. You know, Case Keenum was drafted much later, so might have been undrafted to be honest. So all these factors play into how you view a guy's career, right? It's all about where you got drafted, where yeah. you started it. His timeline, as you kind of, I was I was skimming through this because you, you wonder, how does Dwayne get here, right? So he has the incredible one year at Ohio State, decides to leave early. We all thought here that he was going to be one of the best. As the draft kind of process happened, you start hearing a little things about questions about work ethic, maturity, all this, but you're like, it's it's draft talk, you know. Who knows? Yeah, Daniel well, and then Jones especially emerges. for us because what we saw him do at Ohio State, paying so close yeah. of attention to that. Right. The the bad, a lot more bad has to stack up. But I think outside yeah. of Ohio State, the bad stacked up very quickly for yeah. him. And so you 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 have this. So it all starts on the draft night. Jay Gruden's the coach, but Dan Snyder is obsessed with the fact that Dwayne's from the area, mm-hmm. and he's sliding. You know, as Daniel Jones goes ahead of him and you can just, they have the cameras on him and you can see he's upset, he's mad, you know, and everyone's going to pay and then they pick him. And so already he's at a disadvantage, not his fault. That head coach wants to go with Case Keenum, who they traded for that off season Mm -hmm. and ownership wants Dwayne. So already, okay. 
So then Jay Gruden basically has to say, I'll give him a shot at quarterback. It's an open competition. Although he didn't want, he didn't want him, but it's an open competition. So yeah. already, we can all try not to have biases. But if you and I are trying to, like, it'd be like us hiring somebody. You know what? I'm going to hire that guy. And then uh, this is who I want to be. You and I have a show. You know what? We get to handpick our producer. We want this guy. Mm-hmm. And then ownership goes, no, I don't want that guy. I want this guy. Oh, fine. I'll give him a shot. But do you, are you really giving him a shot? Your preconceived bias is already, I already have my guy. I have my mind made yeah. up. And as soon as it goes bad, you're, you're going to use that God, as the example of like, you, we, we're, we're flipping it. Get him out. You yeah. know, like, so anyway, so Jay, and then he, that happened to him twice. It yes, happened to you two yes, years in Washington. Yes. It happened to him twice so, with so both coaches. I'm trying, I'm doing the timeline to explain how it's, is it Dwayne's fault? Is it the is it the Washington football team's fault? And the answer is yes. It's both. Yeah. And so, what were the bad things that were his fault? What were the bad things that were kind of out of his control? And how much on each side of those? Yeah. Were were that would stacked into how much bad there was in Washington? So, and I'm, and I'm gonna. This might be. It might come across as I. I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to defend some of the actions of Dwayne, but I can see how a player gets here. Okay. So you're drafted, and immediately you get this vibe because of the media. Mm. that your head coach wasn't 100% on board. Those are immediate reports before you even show up. So already you're like, can I trust him? Mm-hmm. You come from a place of complete trust with Ryan Day and Urban Meyer. Yeah. Can I completely trust this coach? Does he even want me here? So that's number one. Already yeah. in your brain as a player. So then all of a sudden you go through this quarterback competition. Case Keenum, the guy who you vocally wanted for in the trade, gets named starter. Okay, no big deal. Your moments of coming back in and coming in and playing, the coach gets fired. You replace Case Keenum as he deals with injury, all this stuff. Doesn't go very well. Mm-hmm. His, his stats aren't very great. But whatever. So he gets fired. You go, all right, new regime. So a little anxiety about that. Ron Rivera comes in, same thing. Don't know. Not my guy. The trade for Kyle, Kyle <laughs> Allen, and you're like, son of a gun. Not this again. And so there again, another another bit of a deeper layer of mistrust in the organization, coaching, all that. And I'm sure confusion because the owner wanted you bad. He still owns the team, but everyone that he hires doesn't want you at quarterback, it seems yeah. like. so. And Dan at, Snyder is not a hands-off owner. Right. We know that. Right. So then all of a sudden, this is happening, and it becomes October 8th of 2020 when the Washington Post has an article about Haskins' poor study and practice habits. Well, where, who, where does that come from? Right. Now, it might be true. So that's why I'm saying it is both Dwayne. He might have poor practice habits. I don't know. I yeah. haven't been in a lot. But if he's not showing up early, if he's not there, and then the coaches leak this out, regardless, handle it internally. Maybe they have tried to. I don't know. But but you're right. If, if it's if it's like fully untrue and it's like more like a coach trying to throw him under the right. bus, the, you'd have to know that then there'd be the follow-up articles of, you know, source Dwayne yes. Haskins actually does work really hard. Yes. Like, so after that, there's all these rumors being reported about them trying to trade him. And then they both have to come on deny Haskins have to come on deny and say, I know not seeking a trade. Rivera says, actually, no, we're not trading him. We think he could still be here in, in 2020, 2021 as mm-hmm. our quarterback, all this stuff, October 23rd, 2020, he gets fined for violating team protocols, COVID protocols, trying to make a reservation for a family friend at the team hotel. Can't do it, Dwayne. Yeah, You know the protocols. They've been clearly communicated by everybody. Can't do it. I know you might be bitter at the head coaching situation. You might have a mindset of like, man, forget this place. I just need to move on. I'm going to do what I want. You just can't do it. You got to, you got to, you have to sail above it. All the pettiness that happens in a locker room. Well, and this is where the stacking started yep. because the, like you could really, the selfie thing that was his, in his rookie year. Yeah. 
you could probably write that off, but now you throw yep. this in there, yep. and it's like, oh, he's not studying well. He did that weird selfie thing where he wasn't ready to go in to the game. Now he's trying to, you know, basically actively break rules that everybody knows right. that they're all they're all under. And it, it so that's the stack. first time he gets fined, mm-hmm. and then again in December is when he's photographed maskless at the club. It's at, a birthday party. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so another, so that's like for one, for one, don't go there. Don't just don't be there as far as with the COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do, not, but you know what the again, you know what the protocols are, and you allow yourself to be f- photographed. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other layer there. And as a quarterback, you have to know that it's yes. it, it's a different level of microscope. And so right after that, he's stripped of his captaincy, which is crazy that he was captain. Before I this. think in the NFL, they just kind of sometimes it seems like every starting quarterback gets captain. It's true. It, yes. do, the players vote on that, right? Yes. But why does every starting quarterback have a C then? I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think. I, I, <laughs> Don't get me started. I mean, people are complaining complaining about our, our last election voting process. Try to captaincy in the NFL. <laughs> you have no idea what happens. Where do you think those votes go? Yeah, where are these votes? Can, can we actually get a recount? You know what? Because no one voted for this dude. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> that's a coach's pet. Although, anyway, um, so you see how this is kind of deteriorated, right? And and he ends up getting cut. The whole deal. Here's why I'm with Dwayne now. He makes the so so what are signs of change, right? He makes the humble decision to say, I'm going to go to a stable organization yeah. where I've been promised nothing. I've been promised nothing. Like, they love Mason Rudolph. That's been apparent, I mean, from day one. For, I, I can't figure out why, but they like Mason Rudolph. Yeah. They would have moved on to, like, something else coming through the works if they yes. didn't like Mason Rudolph. Yes. He seems to be their plan after Ben. I don't know. So again, Dwayne I don't know could why have sat there and been like, oh, no, I want a chance to start now, you know? Instead, he takes the Jameis Winston route and says, you know what? I'm willing to go somewhere and learn in a really stable organization. And I want to work to rehash my reputation. Yeah. And I'm going to go there. I'm going to learn behind Big Ben and I'm going to compete for a backup job. Like, so one, you humble yourself. Two, he just gets engaged. He's growing up. You know, I don't that know. That looks good. Looks you great. Know, checking boxes for things quarterbacks should be doing. But this fall is going to be so crucial. The preseason games, because I honestly feel like if he gets cut, and the Steelers say, hey, we're going for, with two quarterbacks, and it's Ben and Mason. Mm-hmm. Is he then, does that mean that his career shifts to career backup? Or does it shift to, I don't know, people have just, I, the way he handles himself throughout this competition. Yeah. Well, you were talking earlier about um, Paxton Lynch with the Broncos. Is, yes. Like, that's a guy who, like, he was he was a guy that yes. the team wanted. And look at how quickly, like, it just it just goes away. You sign with one other team, yep. it doesn't work out, and yep. it's kind of just over. And that's what you worry about with Dwayne Askins. One thing, uh, and we'll ask uh, Brooke Pryor about this uh, just coming up here in just a couple of minutes, but one thing I've always liked about the the move to, to Pittsburgh for him, and specifically you mentioned how Pittsburgh is such a, a strong organization, big culture place. But I also think for Dwayne, and time will tell, but you mentioned he's from Washington. I think less yeah. distractions now, less people like, hey, come out to this birthday party or right. whatever, even though it's against the rules. Don't worry. You, nobody. It's in a private room. and you know, Less things like that, and hopefully he can stay a little bit more focused and work on some of those those things that people have pointed out that aren't great factors for a quarterback. We'll ask Brooke Pryor about this next. She joins us as an actual expert on the Steelers. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The fan. Two men 
complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And if you're in the need for a new or used vehicle, you need to go see my friends DeLacy and Buddy over at Jermaine Toyota of Columbus. They're east of downtown, 5711 Scarborough Boulevard, or online at germaintoyota.net. If you're in need for any information about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can head out to the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and talk to Brooke Pryor, ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the Steelers. We've had her on before. She's great. She knows what's going on up in Pittsburgh. Brooke, how are you doing today? I am not too bad. I'm squeezing out the last few days before you know my life goes to the <laughs> Steelers and being at training camp every day, all that fun stuff. So trying to get like my last few days of summer vacation out there. Yeah, we... We, we're kind of doing that right now, going through these like 20 big questions we have. And today's, can Dwayne Haskins rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh? And for me, that all starts with, well, is he ever going to get a chance to play? And that starts with Big Ben and where he's at in his career. And We know the elbow isn't holding up the greatest, but they're still rolling with him. He's still the starter going into training camp here. What is the feeling? How much longer are they thinking Big Ben's going to be around? What, are we thinking one year, two years, indefinite? Where Where is that at? You know, I actually I asked Ben that question when we talked to him. Uh, the only time we've talked to him this offseason, I was like, is, is this your last year? And he gave the old, like, well, I'm just taking it day by day, day by day, year by year. But I think that's the expectation that this is going to be his last season. I mean, if he can get through this, 17-game regular season, that will be really impressive given his age, given the elbow, given everything that he's kind of gone through. I think the hope is they can have a successful year if he can stay completely healthy. But beyond this year, I don't think it's in the cards. And I think that there will be an open spot for a quarterback to step in and take over for him in the 2022 season. Brooke, how, how, I, know, I know what Ben says about his elbow but as you watched last year, one of the things that kind of caught my eye was there'd be some games as you got to November where you they'd show him on the sideline and there's a trainer rubbing his elbow, right, or his tricep. And then you'd notice a lot of the passes started going short. And there's a lot of factors, right? There's offensive line stuff. There's, there's a whole lot that goes into what, why a quarterback plays the way he does. How confident are you, though, covering him and seeing every throw of last season that when it comes to December and January, that Ben's oomph in his arm for a science term, it's still there. Yeah, I mean, look, I asked him about the elbow issue, about his elbows getting massaged last year, and he was like, oh, I just hit my funny bone. But you watch him play, and it's <laughs> obviously more than a funny bone getting hit. Um, I think that, you know, it could go one of two ways, because on the one hand, you look at he's another year removed from that surgery. That's another year of the elbow getting stronger, of there being, you know, maybe less anxiety about, what if I do something else to it? So he could play much better this year with another year removed from that surgery. On the other hand, it could continue to trend downward. And I just think that, you know, he said in this, uh, in the off season time that we talked to him and he was like, you know, I'm, I'll admit my elbow was giving me trouble last year. It did affect some things. I'm going to reserve judgment on how much better I'm doing this year until we get into the flow of things. And I think that's where I'm at too. I need to see him at least like, in training camp at the very least, really pushing it. Um, and then once we get into the regular season, but maybe I'm cautiously optimistic that the elbow will be better than last year, but I don't think that that means that the overall Ben Roethlisberger experience will be better because he's still got old knees. 
He's got a much uh, a line that has taken a step back with all of the veteran departures. So, yeah, his elbow might not fall off, but that doesn't mean that we're going to see a much better-looking offense as it runs through Ben. We're talking to Brooke Pryor. She covers the Steelers for ESPN on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Okay, so maybe this is the last year. Maybe he doesn't even hold up all year, and then the, the Steelers have to do something they haven't had to do in a very long time, replace their starting quarterback. We were talking in the previous segment. We don't really get it, but it seems like they really like Mason Rudolph and, and want to roll with him. Is that the feeling from somebody who, who's closer to to the organization, that Mason Rudolph is the guy? So even at that end, would there even be an opportunity for Haskins to compete? Or do you think he's a, a step or a half step or wherever it might be behind Mason Rudolph, who already has that advantage of being like the incumbent guy to come in? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that this is a team that wants to give Mason Rudolph every opportunity to take advantage of there being an opening uh, coming up. But this is a guy that had so much, I mean, turmoil in his first couple seasons. Obviously, the stuff that happened in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Beyond just that, though, he had the turnover uh, with, he, di- he didn't have a, um, a quarterback's coach. When Randy Fickner was promoted to offensive coordinator, he was thrust into the, sparty- the starting role when he probably wasn't ready for it. I think that last year, you know, they hired Matt Canada as quarterback's coach. That helped his development a ton. Now they've got Mike Sullivan in there at quarterback's coach with Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. And they also, you know, extended Mason Rudolph, put him under contract for the 2022 season. So I think that they're trying to put their support and their confidence behind him to say, hey, you're our guy. It's The spot is yours to lose at this point. But I don't think that means that they're – under any illusion that Mason Rudolph is going to be the next Ben Roethlisberger franchise quarterback. I think that right now he is their best option, but I still think that they are going to put resources into developing Haskins. I mean, they took him essentially instead of drafting a quarterback this year. Um, And so I, I think that it could be a battle. I think preseason is going to be very interesting because we obviously didn't get that last year. And I think Mason Rudolph really needs that because we haven't seen a ton of him since he had to start in that 19 season and we haven't seen how much progress he's really been able to make with this individualized attention that he's gotten the last two seasons. Brooke, do you think the Steelers plan to keep three quarterbacks? I think so. Uh, I think that means that Josh Dobbs is the odd man out. Um, But I think that they want to give Haskins the opportunity to learn and be in their system. Um, It's obviously going to be up to Haskins to see if he takes advantage of it. This is the time of year that, he seems to thrive, or at least did this time last year with Washington. I mean, reading the stories that were coming out of the Washington football team a year ago, it was, oh, you know, Dwayne is doing so great in the huddle. He's calling plays confidently. You can tell he really worked on conditioning, all of these things, and then it fell apart during the season. And I think if it falls apart during the season in Pittsburgh, they'll cut him and they won't lose any sleep over it. Maybe they bring back, bring in Dobbs again, or they promote a guy from practice squad. But I do think that given Ben's age, given an injury history, I think they keep three quarterbacks. Yeah, and the, the follow-up on that, it, it, when I think about Dwayne, and there are signs that he has learned from his time in Washington. Uh, obviously, there's they're both at fault, right? Dwayne made some some boneheaded decisions. The, the Washington football team, um, I mean, it seemed like whatever coach was at the helm didn't really trust Dwayne or really put their full weight behind him. And then Pittsburgh's the, the total opposite. Right. It's it's stability. It's Mike Tomlin's been there forever. He's the face. It's and what was really interesting to me, Brooke, and and you can speak to this is 
how Mike Tomlin said he's really interested in Dwayne the person and his character growth and development. The skills are there, but the, really the character growth. What has, I know it's been a short stint, a short off season. Things aren't totally normal yet, but have you seen signs that Dwayne truly has, for lack of better, humbled himself and really has grown, I think with maturity wise to say, yeah, he's really taking this thing seriously and is growing as a person. You know, I don't know that I've been able to see to see those signs yet. I think part of that is also because of the time of year yeah. that we're in, that we're in, you know, preseason. And we don't have the access that we would normally get with these guys. We've talked to Dwayne on a Zoom once, and he said everything that he was supposed to say in that situation. But right. I think for Haskins, we will only know if he truly has humbled himself and done the necessary, you know, emotional homework to be able to be a starting quarterback in the NFL when we get into the season to see if he can handle being a backup. I mean, there's going to be a lot of humbling that happens there when you're not the guy, and it's a different situation than in Washington where he lost that role. He will never have it in Pittsburgh. He has to work up to it. It's not just being given to him. Uh, and, and I think, too, if, if he can't have success in Pittsburgh, it's not going to work out for him anywhere in the league. Like you mentioned, this is a team that has a ton of stability that Mike Tomlin is interested in developing him as a person. Um, and that, I mean, after all the mini camp practices, Dwayne was on the field talking with Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert and Art Rooney II. I mean, the whole Steelers brain trust is invested in Dwayne Haskins. They're giving him every opportunity to succeed. And so I, I think that, he has the chance. I just don't know that we know yet whether or not he's going to take it. Brooke, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. She's Brooke Pryor, ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the Steelers. She knows what's going on up in Pittsburgh. We appreciate her coming on. She appeared courtesy of the Brian Heating and Cooling System fan guest hotline. Okay. We've heard from somebody who knows more about Pittsburgh. We've laid out the facts and how we think it can happen. It's time It's time to come up and come up with our final verdict on whether or not Haskins can rejuvenate his career up in Pittsburgh. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The best soccer team in the land lives on the best radio station in the land. Proud to be your flagship home for the Columbus crew all season long. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. This- a linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis on a Tuesday. Chops and James hanging out with you. Bo will be back tomorrow. We're in the middle of one of our 20 biggest questions right now here in July. Can Dwayne Haskins rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh? And we're going to get to our, our final verdict here in a moment. So but, I have a uh, question for you. Okay. Or do you have to do something professional no, you, first? Me? <laughs> I mean, I just want to know. Do we have to give away anything yet? I don't know. If I, did I cut you off on a line? Okay. So <laughs> define rejuvenated career. Yeah. This is what comes back to our first part of this. What would you consider? Because it's, it's a moving target. Would you, so like... Take so if Dwayne Haskins never was drafted first round, okay, he's just an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. And think about how many kids want to be quarterback in the National Football League. But he ends up being a guy who was flirting with starting for his first two years, becomes a career backup for twelve seasons, makes a couple million dollars, more than a couple million dollars. But you get the point. Like, is that rejuvenated, or is it? Re- I'm now a starter. Is it a starter for a couple more years? Sometimes it depends on... Or is it franchise QB? Because when you take somebody first round, top 15, you think a franchise QB. Yes. I just want to know what's the measuring stick when we come to the verdict. 
And the, the hard part there is to, and you mentioned this sometimes, like we don't know what his why is. Yes. Maybe his why is to, you know, just, you know, get the money. And, and now that, that's, I mean, that's not a bad thing either. If that's what a guy wants to do, but it's, you know, hold on to this career, you know, do the right things to, yeah, be a career backup. Or is he going to sell out at all costs to, to become a starter again, which can yeah. flame out on you and go, the, go the opposite way. And then both opportunities are gone. So I'll say this, I guess. And it's because of the draft, and it's not it doesn't have to be unfair or fair to anybody. It's just the way the system is, um, as far as how we judge pro football players. If you are taken in really the top fifteen, top twenty of the NFL draft, that fan base expects you to not only start day one for your team a lot yeah. of times, but if close you get to that top ten, be a pro bowler. And that's unfair sometimes because all drafts aren't created equal, right? How many times do you get to a draft and be like, there's not really good receivers in this draft, only two, so well, that guy bumps because... up and gets taken really high, or some guy falls because there's like 12 great receivers, and now they're all pro- So it's hard to judge And he was picked way. 15th. 15th. And quarterbacks who are drafted between like probably that like 12 to the end of the first yes. round, they get that unfair like label as the same thing as the first round. Like, right. I would call... Marcus Mariota, I would think he would be disappointed with the way his career is going. And I think for him... Him and Jameis Winston. Yeah, and I think for both of those guys, rejuvenation is back to starter. Yes. For them. But when you're picked 15th, can you take it back to being okay with with being a backup and, and bouncing around? That's the other so thing. I if you're think, a backup, generally you're you're moving a lot. So I'll say I think, I think rejuvenation for Dwayne means that he's going to start again. Like he's going to be considered the starter... Mm-hmm. somewhere for an NFL franchise heading into a season again. So I'm not going to put on him that he needs to be a franchise guy. I think that's a fair way to do it because it says that he got back to where and we the thought question he is was. With the Steelers. So technically, will he be starting for the Steelers next year? That could be your judging. Cause yeah. he, that's technically, he rejuvenates his career. He's starting day one. They're going forward expecting him to be the starter. And it's in Pittsburgh because the question was specifically with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So an easy way to say it is, do you think he's, is he the starting quarterback? You can even ask, is he, is he, I mean, do you think he's the backup this year? Is he the number two or three behind Mason Rudolph? I think backup this year puts him on a great track to, to call this a rejuvenated career. But I think you're right. I think he needs to get back to that starting the, he doesn't have to become the franchise guy. He doesn't have to become a perennial playoff guy because I think for right now, if he gets back to starting and it doesn't work out, it, it would probably be because he just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I think right now the the, th- the knocks on Dwayne Haskins aren't as much physical and stuff like that. It's that the, those timeline yeah. things you were going through of just not, you know, acting the way that people want NFL quarterbacks yeah. to act. And if he can get back to that and teams, you know, respect him, and maybe that can happen through backup too. Yeah. It's, man, it's just such a hard question to to figure out, like, yeah, where where do you count it? But I think that's where we should go is that, Dwayne Askins in the next two seasons should be the starter at a team again for me to consider his career rejuvenated. Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess yeah, for, for rejuvenation for me looks like he has he wins the the number two job this year, and then he then Pittsburgh will consider him the starter mm-hmm. going in when Ben's done, which I would assume is after this season. And then the question is, do I think that that will happen? And I do, I do think that Dwayne will beat Mason Rudolph out. Now, I th- <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah Pittsburgh likes Mason Rudolph, but I think Dwayne Haskins is better than Mason Same. Rudolph. <laughs> and we've seen enough of Mason Rudolph. Like I know he's still young. I, we've seen enough. I mean, he's had enough really alive bullets to mm-hmm. go around. But 
Mason, so I think for me, I think Dwayne will be the backup this year. I think they'll hold on to Mason Rudolph, but I think that they'll be the anticipated starter will be Dwayne Haskins because I do think that Mike Tomlin has a vested interest in Dwayne Haskins, the person, trying to develop him, and it's almost like a a fun side project for him saying, you know what, we are we are the stable organization in the National Football League, the family organization. Like We believe in people and... and we think that, like, I think he's taking a little pride in sensing, like, I'm going to help this man grow up to to really become a mature leader of a football team. He was a captain. At, I mean, I know what we said about captains earlier, but this was still a guy. This, this wasn't. This is a guy that was respected at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Teammates looked up to him. Maybe he needed a little bit this this humble change of scenery. Both were at fault. Organization didn't help to start the relationship. Lack of trust. Boom, man. Forget the organization. I'm going to go do my own thing. Boneheaded decisions and some. Difficult circumstances, pandemic, forget it. I'm going to the club. I don't need to, I'm, whatever. All this stuff, accumulate, boom, I need a fresh start. Yeah, that's why the uh, the question ends where, where we're saying that he needs to get back to being considered the starter yeah. for a team because the other stuff is stuff that he can presumably more easily control than like having it, which I think he has enough of it to be a starter mm-hmm. in the NFL. So it's, yeah, are you going to go to an organization like Pittsburgh that we were talking about? Has so much culture, has so much built up, has so much around it that it, that can help you. They All the things are there. So now you have to do it. Now you have to be yeah. the guy who's showing up in meetings and the story comes out that Dwayne Haskins is the, is the best guy in meetings. And yep. Are you going to be the guy who don't be the headline during game week of doing something that's against the rules? And right. We're not dealing with many COVID protocols, but there's still plenty of rules. To right. break, and we see that yeah. every year, especially on like road trips and stuff with guys. Are so, you being a pro? Yeah. Are you just being a pro and and trying to be a sponge all season long? And that's really and showing growth. Yeah. And that's that's growth in the playbook. That's growth off the field. You're making decisions, thinking about your teammates before yourself. It's the little things that will will help him rejuvenate his career. So I think yeah, that that answers the question for us. Is it's yes, he can do it in Pittsburgh, but that. Kind of with the caveat of like, if he does the right things in Pittsburgh, maybe he could be starting for another team. The next team he signs with, he's seen as a starter. And that would be attributed to what he's done in Pittsburgh. So the answer is yes. There you go. You can write it down. A little thing or not a thing on a Tuesday next. Bishop and Laurinaitis on the fan. Keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over 25 years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Bo is well-groomed. James brings the boom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Chops and James hanging out with you today. Hayden is also here. Time for Thing or Not a Thing. Hit it, Triple H. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or Not a Thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, the first one is going to be a tweet from PFF College. or Actually, it's a, it's a whole article, really. But they ranked all the all 130 FBS quarterbacks like going into this year. Mm-hmm. And we got... Uh, Michael Penix Jr. at 5, C.J. Stroud got in at 20, Graham Mertz 26, Tanner Morgan 36, and Talia Tagovailoa. Talia? Talia? Tagovailoa. <laughs> you just got to say it really fast, man. Th- thing or not a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well done. I think uh, all those rankings seem pretty fair. Penix Jr. is a really interesting one because... 
that year last year was so good, and then you stack on the, the, the game he had against Ohio State. I think a lot of people forget he's coming off an injury. Yeah. Um, at the end of the season, yeah. so that's ACL. Some, yeah. Second so that's, year in a row that he's had he's had two ACLs in his college career. And this know. isn't a knock on him, but I mean it's Indiana. Indiana's going to have to show me this again this year for me to believe it's going to happen again. So him at number five doesn't seem too high, but I could see him being on this list, one of the precipitous droppers, if you're doing this. at the uh, Ooh, you like that word. I did, yeah. yeah. I, like I precipitously dropped into the lake and uh, <laughs> could barely get back up. Um, on top of that, CJ Stroud at 20 seems fair because well, he's got to go out there and prove it, but he seems like a guy who could definitely move up. Are you surprised that he's above Graham Mertz? C.J. Stroud hasn't thrown a pass in college football, and Graham Mertz at least has five touchdown passes against Illinois on film. And Graham Mertz was a, a highly ranked recruit yes. too. Like he was a he was the a highest guy ranked who, recruit in Wisconsin history. He was like was he a four star, high four star? Yeah, Low so five maybe I don't know. But regardless, you get my point. But see, like, the problem is they got, they have more to, to look at, and this yeah. is from PFF. And when they've got stuff to look at, they're going to look at it. They look at everything. They do. they do. And the one thing that they can't figure out is one of their writers can't figure out how to look at James Franklin and Ryan Day. Or P.J. Fleck and put Ryan Day above them on their top 20 college football. <laughs> so somehow they can look at all this crap and be analytical, but they can't analyze that Ryan Day is the third or fourth best coach in the country. But I pre- it's all right. Keep, up. Keep it moving. <laughs> Caleb Jones got traded to Chicago for Duncan Keith, a team that was already in trade talks for Seth Jones from Columbus. People are now saying this makes even more sense, and it's more likely that a trade will take place between Chicago and Columbus for Seth Jones. Mm. Thing or not a thing. Opening up a spot, get the old guy out, and put bring in... Thing for sure, though, because definitely yeah. sometimes with these trade things that like seem like they're going to happen, but when are they going to happen? What's going to happen? Once you kind of get those gears turning and people start to make trades, you know, and obviously the, the roster situations can, can open up and make things make more sense. But it just kind of feels like uh, it's sort of like a basketball shot. You know, once you see one go in, you, you can make a lot more. Okay, trades happen. Now teams kind of feel a little more comfortable with these. So that's a thing for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think this is, um, look, we know Seth's moving. We just have to, it's almost like I just want the Band-Aid ripped off. Let me know what we're getting back now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm coming to terms with the fact that he's not going to be here, which hurts me, hurts my heart. But let's just, let's please, let's get something. Yes. Let's get a good return here. I don't want to be sitting here two, three weeks from now reading more. This trade happened. It yeah. might lead to Seth Jones. Like, just, just do it. Yeah. Matt Nagy was on a Chicago podcast recently and said this about his offense. Now, just being able to have the time to put things together, we feel like we're going to have a great opportunity offensively to do what we need to do. The time is now. <laughs> we know that, and we're looking forward to it. Thing or, thing or not a thing. What does he mean by time to put it together? He's been uh, the coach there for <laughs> multiple years, and they've had... I mean, I, I mean, Mitch Trubisky wasn't the guy, but they thought he was the guy, so I don't know what... They like, need to help him with PR. They need to help Matt. Because here's the thing. If you're saying, hey, look, we've been searching for a guy. Like, what we thought Mitch was, we feel like we have a better understanding of what we want to do. Justin, we're really excited about Justin. But he doesn't. He, like, goes back to, well, uh, the time is now. But Andy Dalton's our starter. What? So, yeah, we're, I, I just feel like everything he does is not in the best interest of the Bears because I think everything he's doing this year is to save his job. Absolutely is. But that doesn't mean that it's what's best for Chicago. I want him just to get, let's just feed him a few... <laughs> Let's feed him a few drinks. Let's get him to be completely like just candid. Who's his agent? What is setting this up? Why is he go? Is this was this the Bears specific podcast? Was this in house? And he and he did I this know. like it's just like 
at a certain point, just stop taking interviews, man. You're not, like, every time he says something, like you said, we say, you just said the wrong thing again. And it feels yeah. like he would get it by now, but he's not. The not-for-much-longer Washington football team stated yesterday that they will be moving forward with a new team name that has no ties to Native American imagery, including the name Warriors. So they are out officially on the name Warriors, thing or not a thing. Mm. Does this include being out with football team? Because football team has grown on me. I I, agree. Tim does not, but I agree. I think if there's just one, like, yeah, we can't have a bunch of teams running around being the football team, but like... If you can get back up to like actually being a good organization, the idea of saying the like the football team. I mean, it's we do it here, the Ohio State University. It's cool to be the of something like that's like because it, it says that you know you've put a stamp on it and you are there. Yeah, there are other football teams. There are other universities in the state of Ohio, but we're the Ohio State University. We're the football team amongst football teams. We're the football team. So I like that one. That's the one I hope they go forward with. Uh, I'm happy that they're not going to try to like sneak in more Native American imagery yeah. after dragging their feet so long to change it. So yes, go a completely different re- direction. But I want to be on the record that I like the football team. You know, it's grown on me. I'm, I'm getting used to it. I like their uniforms. So uniforms are so clean yeah. that I worry that they're going to come up with a new um, logo and nickname and then try to push that into those colors and it'll just look weird. You Let know? Nike run away with it yeah. and get I too... Just, like, it's so yeah. simple and clean right now. I think they're fine. Um which then when Reeser was in, was it last week, when he said that the Cleveland Blazers, he keeps calling them the Cleveland baseball team. And I'm like, I don't hate it. I mean, this is, this is fine. You know, like we have we have FC, you know, sporting FC, and we have all these other football yeah. clubs and, and soccer. That's fine with me. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> also, like when you really think about it, and I'm sorry, I know people love their teams and everything. The idea of the mascot it's like really childish and like why do we care so yeah. much it's yeah I'm like, with you well, I don't need the team to be the you know for example the Hayden shirt the Tigers ooh go Tigers like right. what, what am I a what child what confuses me is when elementary schools have their own mascot <laughs> and, and, and then they're feeding into a like so you know Dublin Jerome is the, the Celtics so when you have them like shouldn't every middle school underneath them be the same thing like we're you're the minor leagues for us do their teams have those different mascots, like their yes. actual sports teams? And Bo was telling me up in Hudson, they have like different color schemes for every, like yeah, they have the same confusing. colors. It should be, yeah, pull it, pull it but together. But I can't talk, because YZ High School, where I went there, and we had the blue and like the Notre Dame gold for football. Uh-huh. Every other sport was blue and the yellow gold. So like my hockey stuff, why is that blue and like that yellow gold? Yeah. And then football, blue and the metallic gold. Now that's unfortunate. It should all match <laughs> because also just like, just from like an economic standpoint, imagine as a, as a school district, how much more stuff you can sell when you're selling kids the sweatshirt in the same colors every it. year. I that does it. Although I don't think my school was hurting financially. Oh, is that so? <laughs> Ohio State football has always emphasized the state for recruiting. How is the Ryan Day regime viewed by high school coaches across the state? Our pals at The Athletics set out to answer that. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Checkpoint XP, your ultimate source for eSports and competition. Friday night at 10. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. A show that knows its limitations. Still learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis are right here on the fan. Chops and James hanging out with you. Third hour of the program starting right now. But before we get to talking about Ohio State recruiting in-state, ooh, we got a little giveaway right from the top. Okay. Rope. 
All right. WWE Clash of Champions. That's coming to Nationwide Arena in September, September 26th to be exact. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com right now. But Assuming that's a Sunday, right? Pay-per-view? I, why would you set me up? I was I was rolling oh, right through that. And sorry. <laughs> now I got to look. You figure that out I will. while I tell people. Tickets are on sale, but you could win two tickets right now here on the 26? fan. Yeah. The 26th. Sunday. All right. Sunday. The 26th. Uh, we'll go with two. We'll go with the first number there. The second caller, 614-821-9710. You will win two tickets to the WWE Clash of Champions. That's coming to Nationwide Arena. I love events at Nationwide Arena. Yeah, they're great. They're, I've done a few concerts WWE there. WWE in person obviously. is elite. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always fun. Because even if you're not like a huge wrestling fan, just the the pyrotechnics, just the entertainment well i feel You'll like see um, human beings that are just massive and you're like this is this is unbelievable basketball has that same effect if you've ever been to an nba game yeah. we're like yeah you might not be that into basketball but when you see these guys well, hockey's that can way actually, too right yeah. like, you watch hockey on tv and you can be like okay but when you're there and like you hear the boards hit, mm-hmm. you're like oh this is this is actually really get a, a yeah. sense for how fast they're going and stuff yeah. like that uh, yeah it can, it can be a good time so yeah it looks like we got plenty of callers uh one lucky person will get two tickets to that Ohio State has always, and this goes all the way back to Woody Hayes and maybe even before, but once like Woody Hayes was when like recruiting started to at least resemble somewhat what it is today, how they, how they build teams and everything. So he wanted to put a fence around Ohio. And that's always been something that Ohio State has definitely done in years since then. There's a, not a thought that they stepped away from the idea, but Urban Meyer opened up the national recruiting gates for Ohio State more so than any other coach before him and Ryan Day has continued that tradition as well. So at this point, you know, we're almost 10 years from when Urban Meyer took over at Ohio State as as the head coach. How are people, you know, coaches around the state, how are they viewing the way Ohio State recruits people who've been around for a long time? So uh, Bill Landis of The Athletic, he covers Ohio State. He set out to to talk to a bunch of coaches and there's tons of it's a very long article because he, he any one of them that wanted that they wanted to answer he talked to like nine different coaches all through from out the state akron columbus cincinnati toledo just anywhere he he could get um and and he just asked some questions and i think here was the the first one that i was kind of getting to and i thought it was the most interesting one have you noticed any difference in how ohio state recruits the state under ryan day compared to how it did so under urban meyer and uh this answer from coach number one who i believe was a a coach in the Akron area. He said, just a lot more personal. The great thing that Ryan does is even if we don't have a player of that magnitude that year, you would never know that they're still here, still talking. I've been getting phone calls from three different coaches down there recently, including him. And we don't have a huge senior class, but they still call and check in, talk about your younger kids. It's constant communication. That's the biggest difference. I've known urban forever. If you have a good kid, he knows your name. If you didn't, he didn't know your name, and uh, I feel like that tracks for Urban Meyer a, a, a little bit, and it, it's it's because he's so like one track focused on on his mission and his goal that I think he can sometimes lose sight of what of what he's trying to do. And uh, it sounds like Ryan Day has done a better job of kind of just being out there, being not just being the personable guy who's contacting these coaches directly when they've definitely got a guy he wants. But it's interesting to hear a coach say that and look at it through this article. And there's we'll get through some of the other things that people were saying. But that was the first one that jumped out to me. It It's a great article. Um, and you're right. It's it's really in-depth. I thought it was fun to see the different coaches' opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wish that when they said Coach One, I wish you would have put like Akron or like Cleveland. every time yeah, put the every state. Times so that have to scroll up when the you're, Have you ever read like those like oral history type articles? Yeah, and then they switch to like just the person's last name, and you're like, oh, what, what guy was he? Yeah. <laughs> Which explains why I probably am. am uh, I can relate to Coach Meyer because <laughs> I can't remember which was Coach One. I don't remember. I just read it, but I, you know. Right. So I, think about how many coaches he meets around the country mm-hmm. and remembering names and stuff like that. It's tough, and especially tough to follow because Jim Trussell could meet you once and had an unbelievable memory yeah. of names. So you hear that every so often. There are just coaches that just yeah, have that skill. And it's fine. Um, to me, chops in this. What was more interesting was the undercurrent and I, and I felt like it was probably 73 of coaches who understood like the national expansion of Ohio State's recruiting mm-hmm. it's probably 75% of the coaches understand that it's a good thing they can go anywhere but there's that still 25% of it should be more Ohio centric you can kind of get feel that yeah there was um, there was one coach who said this wasn't his opinion but he says there's definitely coaches who still feel like oh we just had a career year we just made a run to yeah. the state title why aren't you taking six of our starters of our yeah like. and there's a uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to look up his name um, of the quarterback up in Medina mm-hmm. so, so Penn Drew State Aller, yeah, Drew yeah. Aller commits to Penn State and so most of the time and there's in the article, they said that kid's going to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so, and, and, I'm, and I'm a bit thankful to this, like old school recruiting, you know, before all of this stuff, which is not the era we're in. So, but old school recruiting is like, man, for once in our town, we have a dude. Like, we're going to have a Buckeye come yeah. out of our school. And then it and just. And that dream is really not there for a lot of play. Not that it's not there, it's that in the one year where that kid could have been a Buckeye. We happen to have Quinn Ewers. I think one thing, too, that Urban Meyer did that might be from the people with that perspective that might be viewed as a bad thing, but I think is overall a good thing, really just for for Ohio State, but also for the health of recruiting and how difficult this process and overblown it's become because the coaches who are at the top level, like at Ohio State, they figured out there's a there's a completely different formula to win a championship. Now, you can't just recruit in your state. There's nobody who can who can get it done just by doing that. But something Urban Meyer started doing, and this isn't to say any other coaches did this, but you see it from around the country, is they'll still offer all their guys in state. Urban Meyer would hold back offers in state until like really late in the process sometimes yeah, because he had the... You know, somewhat correct assumption that oh, if you offer these guys, they're just gonna they're just gonna take it. And they, right. they want they they want to be Buckeyes. Right. Everybody around them wants them to be Buckeyes. So Urban Meyer would sometimes hold those offers until the end when the classes were shaken out a little bit more, and they knew they had a spot for him. Because the worst thing is when you offer these kids in state and they immediately take it, and then they end up not with that yeah. opportunity, yeah. or they get asked to gray shirt yeah. and things like that. So yeah. I like that. I, it, while it does seem like, oh, he's not recruiting his guys in state, it's better than the alternative. It, you know, it's the same philosophy when it comes to redshirting now. You know, mm-hmm. the redshirt four game rules. Um, I, I I know I know this for a fact because of, of coaches' interviews, how Ryan Day says, we don't tell anybody that we're even thinking about redshirting them. Because same thing, if you do, then do they take their foot off the pedal and think, well, I'm not going to play this year. I'm a redshirt. Then mm-hmm. how motivated are you really? To make yeah. the decision, you know, I'm gonna go to bed tonight because I have a good workout tomorrow. I got a crush, or like I'm not playing, so I'm gonna go have a few beers and enjoy. You know, so what's your mentality? Yeah. Like if it's not off the table for you, and you can still, and then through a season, you can see, man, I never thought that kid would play, but he actually got some reps because of what he's done in practice. And so there's this carrot they're constantly chasing. Um, and I think that's the same thing as you mentioned with the with the recruiting philosophy. I a couple other takeaways I had here. It was. And I'm not a big recruiting guy, so but yeah. just the general 
It was interesting to hear them talk about the other coaches yes. and the stuff. Yeah. yeah, the Michigan, how Michigan State and Michigan have fallen off, and how it was replaced by Cincinnati and Kentucky. That's stuff that I have just observed without really actually knowing the ins and outs. Yeah, I think also it, it enlightened how hard college recruiting is. You know, you think of recruiting sometimes as just you know, team, whatever, Centerville has a guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to Centerville today. Well, no, I'm going to Dayton. I'm going to Centerville because they have a guy, but I'm also going to Wayne. They don't have a guy this year, but I know they'll have a guy probably. Chances are they'll have a guy in the next five. Yeah. And you're you're keeping these relationships going. So it, Well, it, you also it, wonder when you get those relationships going, how hard does their that coach work for you? Yeah. Like when when yeah. Ryan Day's coming down, these coaches seem to seem to like Ryan Day and the way he goes about his business. So does that coach tell his guy like, oh yeah, I mean, obviously Ohio State like that stuff sells itself. Yeah, but it's yeah he's he's talking to, he's talking about that and making sure that it's set up that this kid knows Ryan Day is coming and there's just all these little intricacies yeah. and the relationship stuff was so uh, like eye opening a little bit. It's stuff you know, but like I like. I knew Kentucky was doing a good job in Ohio, but it's it seems to be because of this Vince Morrow guy. Yeah, people seem to love him. Yeah, and that's what like every coach had and something to say Iowa about State, him. Iowa State, obviously, yeah. Iowa State for multiple reasons. And so Notre Dame about. is now a team. Yes, to keep Marcus, an eye on because of Marcus. Yes, yeah, and so I we we knew that already. Um, it's funny. I was you know there if you look at the top recruiting rankings and you look at some former teammates of mine with Heartline is number one right now in the country then Marcus is two mm-hmm. you know we're all <laughs> teammates together it's pretty awesome to see those two succeeding at the level but it makes perfect sense it's those relationships Marcus had relationships to get some three-star Columbus kids to Purdue when Marcus was at Purdue Daryl Hazel and them were not good at all as a team but their linebackers had like three dudes drafted yeah. at the time Marcus recruited uh, ones with the Patriots right now starting. So there are guys that he has recruited and those connections. How is he able to, for for the Boilermakers to go into Columbus, Ohio and get a conversation? Well, oh, I remember when you were GA at Ohio State and your name rings a bell from playing at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So then you that's where it all starts. And so now when he goes across, he goes to Cincinnati. He's still there, not Notre Dame. He knows these coaches and these coaches know him and trust him. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, a continued development of trust in the relationship and you're you're already when your name is sort of out there, and especially if you play for a place like Ohio State, it gets you. It kind of reminds me. This is something I thought of when I was making my like college choices. Is like maybe there, you know, maybe there's more scholarships, maybe there's some better opportunities at like a, a smaller school. But sometimes just having that OSU at the top of your degree, oh yeah, does opens up some doors. Yeah. It just it creates a conversation. People know about Ohio State. They they might not know about some of these other smaller schools, and that kind of it looks like that trails into recruiting now you can get there you ryan day his name doesn't hold any weight in college circles from his college years he did get into the nfl which around coaches makes his his name known but it's not like he was known when he came to ohio as like a a guy that 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 high school coaches can trust and and know now he's gotten to that point it seems like but you just have to work that much harder and it so you you've got that leg up when you're a guy who people already know and you went to a school yeah. and people remember you playing. It was the same theme, too, with Michigan, how they said that they need to reopen Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing that we had assumed over and over. What was interesting is how like Arizona State is coming and trying to recruit Ohio more so than most of the Big Ten teams. Weird. Like The coach is saying that I haven't seen from like 80% of the Big Ten in here in a while was shocking. Yeah. Because when you think about the North, and look, Tom Allen has a great relationship. So, it all goes back to this is where it gets hard. Like so, whenever you see coaches recruiting certain areas that you scratch your head, you go, 
Okay, he had to be there at some time. Mm-hmm. Like Indiana gets a bunch of Florida dudes. It's because Tom Allen was a high school coach at, at Tampa. Yeah, and so and there's weird little things like uh, are you high Iowa, coach? Iowa's decent at recruiting Texas. I know because yes. you know I, I like Iowa. You know why? Because he knows Hayden Fry. Yes, and Hayden Fry is like a legend in yes. Texas. And so there's all these little little moments to where you're like. Oh, okay. And another reason is Tom Allen hired a guy who used to also had be a coach here, and then his son was, was a four star. And so now all these other four star younger brothers that are athletic too are committing to Indiana and mm-hmm. helps the class. Oh, now now we got momentum. And so there's all these little things where these intricate relationships happen, and little pockets of growth can happen. But it was just fascinating to me to think that from a landscape point, I think if Ohio State is going so na- national. <sighs> Well, that was going to be a question. Do you think the fence around Ohio is something Ohio State needs to do, or is it just good for the relationship with the state? Like, do they really need it to win at the level that they we need, expect the Buckeyes they to? They need to keep every top guy here. Mm-hmm. Like, so it'd be a bigger deal if we didn't have Quinn Ewers and we wanted to keep that quarterback here and he chose Penn State. Yeah. The reality is that we're in a position where if we didn't have Quinn Ewers, we could have that kid commit tomorrow like so you start different. to get nervous if jackson carmen goes to clemson and then what if paris johnson right. also chose also a different school clemson yeah. also went somewhere else and the the and the other thing is too like if you're penn state you got to keep your own top guys in state too like mm-hmm. you got to keep you got to keep mccord there so in reality we're getting a five-star from pennsylvania that we chose over a four-star ohio kid and they're settling for a four-star ohio kid when they had a five-star right next door so those are the the interesting things like we don't need to have all those like a fence around it. We need to have a fence for exactly what we've done. Zach Harrison stays here instead of Michigan. It needs to be a fence in the sense that the players you want from Ohio have to need to here. be Buckeyes. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be all Ohio state or kids from the yes. state of Ohio. Someone finally got to ask Jim Tressel what he thinks of the new NIL rules. The answer is as diplomatic as you'd think. More so than the uh, tweet that Terrell Pryor put out, but it's all related back to Tackgate. We're going to talk about that next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Season ticket holder from day one, us two. Now and forever, your flagship home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Mauritis, right here on the fan. If you've ever turned on your water, maybe well water, we had that growing up. It stinks. We still have it at the barn. It smells terrible. It's fine, but it just smells terrible. And our ho- water at home used to smell like chlorine. Nothing worse than taking a shower and like, is it mine a mine a hot tub right now? Well, Connecticut Water Systems can help you out with all of those issues, let alone the spots. I mean. You can get the house cleaned. Oh, look, I scrubbed the shower. Take a shower. White spots, dots everywhere. <laughs> Connecticut takes care of that for you as well. What they'll do is they'll test your home water, and they'll come up with a plan and say, hey, maybe you need X. We could be like, Bo, I need seven tanks in the basement. I don't know. That's what he needs for his well. Or if you just want one, like I have, because you're on city water, you just want it to be a little more filtered, a little cleaner, no chlorine smell, they got you covered. Go to ConnecticutColumbus.com. Option for everybody there. So Jim Tressel, uh, as My we guy. all know, yeah, your guy, former Ohio State coach, it uh, all the tag gate stuff. So it didn't it didn't end great, and they had to vacate wins. You know the Sugar Bowl against Arkansas, all that stuff. And when you when you boil it down, it's like, well, I know it was the you know the not passing it along stuff that the NCAA really targeted, but the rule was 
that was really broken was the guys trading stuff for tattoos, and now with NIL. Isn't that the ironic thing is that at what point do you own it? Ta- this wasn't just free tattoos. I'm exchanging a, Some, something that I have for a service. Like, it was actual exchange here. This wasn't even free tattoos. Like, yeah. Everyone kept me crap. Like, oh, y'all got free tattoos. Like, they weren't free. They gave up some of their possessions. You know, like yeah. you could have sold a you could have sold a dresser on Craigslist for 150 bucks and gotten a tat off that. Whoa, free tats. <laughs> anyway, well, well, and it's just so stupid. It's like in the locker room. Like, okay, you can't make endorsement deals, but like NCAA. At what point do I own something that I own? Well, like, <laughs> according to Ohio State's release guidelines, they still can't sell any team stuff. Yeah. So, which is weird because there's a whole website dedicated to former athletes of schools selling stuff. Yes. Now. But until you graduate, hey, hey guys, great season. Here's your jersey. Usually you get your bowl jersey. Yeah. Here's your bowl jersey. You know, so here's your jersey from last year, national championship jersey. And if you're like, man, I don't want this, I want to sell it, which I hope those guys want it. But if they don't, <laughs> right. right, sell it. Like the only jersey I have hanging up, I have all four bowl games, right? I don't want to hang up the two national championship losses or the 08 senior year last game loss to Texas. But I have the, the one against Notre Dame. Because it was my first start in college football. Yeah. And it's a fiesta bowl against Brady and, and the Irish. And so I have that one framed up. And that's the only one that I keep. But if I at some point wanted to be like, they give it to you at the end of the season. I was like, you know what? I just, I got three other ones. I don't want it. But I'm going to sell it for whatever cash. Sign it and sell it. Ohio State's saying, no, you can't until you're graduated. <laughs> and don't give it to me until I'm graduated. <laughs> right. Like, do I own it or not? That's it. Like, put it in a box. Don't <laughs> give it to me. Like the same thing with cleats. Like you get Nike throwing you all those cleats. Well, if my cleats are worn down, I've worn them from six games. They stink. I got a hole in them and I want to sign them and sell them. What the hell are you going to do with them? Yeah. Let me I, sell them. It, anyway. So it didn't make sense then. It doesn't make sense now. And now it would basically be legal. I'm sure there's, you know, we still haven't really figured out what is going to be allowed and what isn't. But right now it seems yeah. like everything is allowed. What's at. unique about that chops is LSU is allowing them to do all this. Like yeah. Ohio State, you have to pay rent. I think it's like 4,500 bucks for the Woody to rent it for whatever, maybe a half day. I don't even know. But it's like $4,500 I saw in the 11 Warriors article. Yeah. And LSU's like, oh, no, you can just use it for whatever. Like, this, is the, this is the competition. We're getting so petty over little things Yeah, to where it's like, does a school talk? Oh, we're going we're gonna to make a splash in recruiting. No trademark and licensing for us. Use our jerseys. Go ahead. Wear it. You want to take a, You want to do a, an ad for the Creamery in Penn State? Well, Use you know the full that, uniform. You know that's never going to happen for Ohio State. They don't let their trademark go no, I know, anywhere. Trust me, I'm aware. That's that's beyond football at <laughs> that aware. point. Um, so Jim Tressel, he was at uh, a, a youth football camp in Urbana, being hosted by Troy Smith and uh, Braxton Miller. And so he was asked. This was not while talking to the kids at the football camp, but he was asked in like the media scrum uh, about the the changes to the NIL rules, and he had this to say. Quote, I think it's just a matter of time that it was going to happen, that the wealth was going to be spread. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm not sure as the interest and revenue escalated in the last 30 years, if we did as good of a job as we could have perhaps to involve more people into the benefit of that. And all of a sudden, here they are. It's going to be an adjustment. And I think and I think it was going to come. Translation. <laughs> he uh, he's like, see, I told like I knew this was stupid when it happened. So and, what's, what's unique is that when, so when Tress is there, you think back to like what Eric Lichter was making as like head strength coach. Mm. And it's somewhere in like the 200, 300K. And now you got Mickey making over a mil. Like think about how much the assistant yeah. coaching pool has blown up. And now it's a part of like the negotiation with the, yes. like the head coach in his salary. Yes. They like to talk about 
what can yeah yeah so he's not and he, and Jim has said this exact thing to me which is why I love him like I had dinner with him a couple of years ago and asked him about this issue and said you know is this coming do you think and he said the same exact thing it was like I think as the revenues have blown up and people start seeing these coaches these coaching staffs and facilities and all this money TV it's just made it a lot more and so then it goes back to this new NIL affects him mm-hmm. the amount of wins he's credited with at Ohio State there's obviously the what ifs if he never has to step down there's a whole trickle down here with that but it, it affects the players as well and as you mentioned and as you teased you can read basically sum up yeah what Terrell Pryor had basically posted out was with the other guys Solomon Thomas Boom Heron Devere Posey Mike Adams I got them all right I think so all right so anyway they released this joint statement together and what I love about the joint statement is the fact of it's acknowledging the rules have changed. It's acknowledging, but I, I love the fact that it's, it starts with the team, right? This team was 12 and one. You've erased that off the record. Yeah. books. I think the biggest problem with it is the idea of doing this as like, was like normalized by the NCAA when it's the dumbest thing yes. to ever do because yes. we have these games. They're on film. Yes. We can watch them. We watch them live. It doesn't make any sense. The Astros actually cheated at the game of baseball. <laughs> and I don't think baseball ever thought to take away the World Series because it's embarrassing to yeah. put the asterisk in there and people have to look into it. It's embarrassing to have a gap year of your Heisman yeah. or of a, a Big Ten champion, things like that. We should have never been, but the only reason the NCAA did it was because they didn't have anything else they could take from the players because so the players dumb. weren't getting any like slice the of the pie. Chops, the Heisman is way, like, the Heisman is so stupid because it had nothing to do with his play on the field. Right. Reggie Bush's family getting a condo didn't affect that he was the best player in college football. Like, the Astros, you can, I, I agree, I'm not having a gap in the shot, but you could put next to it, cheated. Yeah. Cheating, you know what, anyway. So, like, <laughs> they cheated. So, that's fine. Like, you don't have to erase it. Like, we saw it. They won, but they won because they cheated. Mm-hmm. Like the, this whole NCAA, the thing that I love in the statement, real quick, is it talks about Terrell's success and where he would have finished in the passing ranks. Mm-hmm. It talks about Boom Heron being a top 10 career rusher, Devere Posey being, I think, top five, and yet also didn't play like three quarters of the damn season because of this. Yeah. So put those are legacy things to where, yeah, it matters. Like these are my, this is my production. This is what yeah. I gave to the university that I love. And you're taking that, no, put it back in there. Because that way, when people look up top 10 rushers in Ohio State history, they can, you know what? Boom Heron can say to his kids someday and grandkids, oh, there, there he is. Yeah. Like, oh, because it, he does it wasn't tattoos. those moments where you traded your uh, gold pants or whatever it was for, for tattoos that made Unreal. you the player you were Unreal. on the field. So, yeah, NCAA, do the right thing. I'm not holding my breath. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk to Uncle Dom next for some Tuesdays with Tiberi, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. There's nothing like waking up, turning on your radio, and hearing the ramblings of dummies. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Saturday morning at 10. The Fan. Big in Montana and also Minnesota and everywhere else too. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis on the fan. Chops and James hanging out with you on a Tuesday. And it's Tuesday, so you know what that means, James. I do. It's time to head out to the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Talk to our guy, Dom Tiberi. Tuesdays with Tiberi. Dom, how you doing today? I'm hanging in there, boys. How You know, you know what I've been watching? Have you ever watched this show, 
Bar Rescue with John Taffer. <laughs> Dom, I love Bar Rescue. It's one of my favorite. If I talked like John Taffer more often, my voice would always be like this because he's always yelling at people. But yeah, I love oh the show. Oh my God, I'm watching this show. I, I just was flipping and this guy's yelling at everyone. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. Who is the other Who is the other one where they used to go in and change around um, restaurants? Like little mom and pa shops. And he was pretty strong, like yoke dude. He <laughs> That was uh, uh, Robert Irvine. Yeah, Robert Irvine. So, uh, yep, yep, he would do it, which, by the way, I... Restaurant Impossible. Yes, Restaurant Impossible. So, this, yeah. is, this is your brand here. Do you watch the cooking shows, too, like uh, Hell's Kitchen, and just watch him flip out? <laughs> I, was, I, I mistakenly had it on last night, Dom, and I like, go put the girls to bed. It's like Big Bang Theory reruns. I come back down, and obviously, the hour top of the hour comes up, yeah. and he's just laying into some poor guy, take off your coat and leave the kitchen. And I'm like... <laughs> My gosh, what do you do? Mess up a chicken breast? Like what? I mean, uh, is that how your I kitchen mean, is, Dommy? When you're making lasagna, is that how you flip out on the on, on the helper on the? You know, is that how you get your wife upset? Hey, get out of the kitchen. What, what I think is funny is all these shows. They call for help and they call this guy so he they can do, air their dirty laundry on national. TV oh my gosh! Just, he's called this one guy an idiot about eight times. He goes, "You're an idiot. You're an idiot." <laughs> And then I wonder, like, how do these people let this guy talk to him? Like, well, how do they like? They have to know that he's like they they pretend like it's like a surprise that he shows up, but they unreal. have to know somewhat. And like, they always act like they're always doing something that's terrible, and they always act so surprised when he shows up. I'm like, the guy had a, a, a an eighth, like a tiniest bit of eggshell, and the eggs on the, and and Ramsey's just laying into the guy. You never cracked an egg in your life. I'm like, my goodness. Anyway, anyway, how's your Tuesday going, Dom? What's what's new in your world besides obviously bar rescue? Oh, it's going good, man. I'll tell you, the thing that blows my mind as I look at Ohio State, 26 athletes going to the Olympics, which, by the way, there'll be no people there, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. They're going to, what, represent 12 countries? Nine uh, will, will be on Team USA. So that's pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's the most ever uh, from Ohio State. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun while I was going through the trials, and it seemed like every day a new Buckeye came up, and there was somebody to talk about. That was uh, that's cool to see for Ohio State. Uh, speaking of former Buckeye athletes, um, we saw this from Jim Tressel talking up at the uh, the football camp with Troy Smith and Braxton Miller up in Urbana. That he was asked about the NIL rule changes, and you know how do you feel about that with the regards to how his time here at Ohio State ended. And then today we get this statement from Terrell Pryor along with the, the other players that were affected by the Tatgate stuff. And they're saying, reinstate our records, reinstate our, you know, our, our personal stats, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, I find myself pretty much agreeing with them because I think the vacating stuff was always just a weird decision for things that we could see happen live. The games happen. You're never going to be able to take that away. So taking it off the records right. books always just seems stupid to me. Yeah, I never understood any of that because, you know, as fans, you bought your ticket, you watched the game, you witnessed it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder what Tress thinks about this because you think about what what the guys did and now, shoot, that's com- going to be commonplace, all this stuff. And, you know, James, you, you being a former player, we saw this coming. And, and, the, and the thing now is the genie's kind of out of it. The, the, the thing that frustrates me is that the NCAA should have got ahead of this a long time ago. Um, when you have coaches that are making eight, nine million dollars a year, coordinators making a million and a half, and everybody, 
And yet, you know, the, the, the kids on the field, you know, they're, I mean, it just, you know, the, the Supreme Court was eventually going to get involved, which they did. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, it, the genie's out of the bottle and where this thing ends, I don't know. But if I had to guess where it ends, um, I think there, there's always going to be some kind of management organization. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, those that the, at the Power Five understand that their issues are different from the the other schools and then you know you you've got division three and division two that also get a vote i think i think we are going to see a super conference sooner than later if the ncaa runs it or if if there's another organization but i I think that day is is swiftly coming now dom how different do you think i guess how many different guidelines because there's not really one uniform guideline to what's allowed what's not allowed um, right. across the board like these are these are just this is a this is a moving water here these are moving this is a moving thing because <laughs> oh, yeah. think about it ohio state releases it i think what a few, uh, last week they released their guidelines about obviously no hard liquor but some of the the rental fees you know you have to rent out here's you'll be allowed to use the facilities for a fee you'll be you can't you know go against coke you can't go against nike like there's little things here and there um, you can't sell any of your stuff, so you can't sell a jersey that you get or cleats or gloves until after you've graduated. And I just started thinking, like, LSU is a little more wide open than that. And how much do these schools do you anticipate where there will be some, because it's wide open, it's a whole new world, there's changing, like little subtle changes here and there to the guidelines. So, well, Coach, I really want to be a Buckeye, but I can do this at LSU. I can do this at Bama, but I can't do this here. You know, do you think there's a lot of that, or do you think Ohio State will kind of stay firm and say, "Look, we've we've given you our our opinion on it, our our guidelines. Um, here it is." Well, I think there's rules, James, but I think they're written in pencil. Yeah. Um, yeah. the 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 issue is this: you have the state law, you have what the NCAA has sanctioned, and then you have what other states have allowed. And so there's no uniformity. Uh, the one thing, when I talked to Gene Smith last week, he said there aren't a lot of rules with this. And so, you know, the one thing I brought up, and, and he, I found his answer interesting, I said, all right, let's say your quarterback gets $100,000, some kind of deal. And then the guys that are blocking for him, they're not really getting anything. Do you worry about dissension? And he said, no, because I think what's going to happen is that if I'm the quarterback, I'm going to take the linemen and we're going to get a deal for everyone and all this. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to see bigger companies get involved. And we've already seen it with some other programs. But I think I don't know if the federal government's going to get involved. But, you know, right now it's kind of like the Wild West. They're they're going to test the waters. They're going to see what they can do and whatever. But, you know, like I said before, the genie's out of the bottle. And I think, yes, there are rules, but I think that they can change. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. But at the end of the day, I I am for what the kids can get because, you know, uh, it, it's just if if you are, let's say, let's put it this way, guys, if you're at Ohio State on scholarship in the marching band, and you want to go play at a jazz club at night and make money, you can do that. But, but a football player wasn't able to do that. Or, you know, the, the, uh, the Olympic sports kids weren't able to do that. And so now, you, you know, 
it's the United States of America and, and you're allowed to work. And so now, you know, these kids all have their own brand, which is, is going to be interesting. But I think that the most interesting thing Gene Smith said is that, um, you know, you don't have to worry about the NCAA with a lot of this stuff, but you do have to worry about the IRS. <laughs> That will be something for the uh, the kids to look into. And we've talked about is Ohio State going to have it set up that they have somebody who helps these kids, or are they going to have to hire their own accountants or anything? Because uh, I know those 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 like contract what is it the ten ninety nine those ones those are uh, a little difficult to deal with at times. Dom, I want to get one more thing before we let you go. Uh, uh-huh. A different topic: home run derby. Is that a must watch for you? A, a, a have on or just a no interest? You know, to me, that's the best part of the All-Star weekend. I mean, um, I enjoyed, or the All-Star experience, I enjoyed it last night. It was fun watching those guys, and and uh, Alonzo's amazing. Good. Yeah. And how about the way he was just kind of rocking out there? I'm going, He looked, between you and me, I thought he looked a little goofy, but you know what? If you can hit a golf ball, I mean, a, a baseball, like he was hitting them, he's hitting them like golf balls. But if you can hit them like it out of the ballpark, you, you know, you can you can have a rock concert up at the plate, uh, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, the uh, the All-Star game, it's okay. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I, I I liked it when like Pete Rose played and uh, you know the way he played the game and whatever. But yeah, I mean I would I would say baseball's probably the best All Star game of all of them. Mm-hmm. Would you guys say? I think so too. The guys seem to have a lot of fun, and you saw that last night during the Derby, just the interactions and everything. It, it looks like they actually enjoy hanging out with each other for the weekend. You know the the I think the worst I hate to say it, James is the uh, the the football. Uh, uh, oh gosh, yeah, whatever. yeah. You know, just, I mean, don't be ashamed uh, to say that. I agree with you. I mean, that's you can't you can't go half on a violent sport. There's no <laughs> and no one wants to play the sport violently if it doesn't count. Yeah. So there's no way to fix that. And in the and in the NBA thing, it's uh, they're, they're, it's just scoring. There's no defense, and then hockey's about the same. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it's a nice thing, but I would say of of all of them, baseball's probably the best or the most entertaining. It looks the most like it's it's normal sport, which it, which is nice. Dom, thanks so much for joining us today. All right, boys, talk to you. I got to get back to John Tapper. He's yelling at this guy again. There you have it, Dom, Ten uh, TV legend. He's with us every Tuesday, Tuesdays with Tiberi. All right, three things to close out a Tuesday show. Next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Proud to be your flagship home for Ohio State athletics. The Jackets, Crew Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's uncomfortably vascular arms. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis, Chops and James hanging out here to finish out a Tuesday. I think my foot held up better than my voice throughout the show. No, no, I think your voice got better. It got better? Yeah. There were times where I couldn't tell, and then early on when you first started talking... It's a little it, rough. It just sounds so different. It's just, it kind of had to warm up. It's it's just like my foot. Just a few days, and it'll, yeah, I it'll be I think you should good. do some sprints down the hall. I think it'll warm up nicely for you. I wouldn't do sprints if I, <laughs> my foot was healthy. <laughs> Time for three things. Hit it, Hayden. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurinaitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. First one from me today uh, on Sunday. We finally handed in 
the keys to the old apartment. They made us keep them. Like we were, we've already been out for like two weeks, but like because of the legality of a lease and stuff, she's like, you can't turn them in until the, the actual last day. So I was like, all right. All so right. I turned them in, and uh, it's done. We don't. I, I felt like you for a while. I had two properties, but no longer. Uh, just just the one house now. But it, it's fun to to take that step and like that chapter closed. New one of owning a house. Here we are. Boom. I love it. Um, my first thing I mentioned yesterday on the show, Chops. I know you weren't you weren't a part of it uh, about my problems trying to get a three day guest pass to Lifetime Fitness up in Minnesota because I was not of the right level. Well, they came through. Our listeners are incredible. I wasn't voicing it in the sense of like I just didn't know there were multiple levels to a membership of like uh-huh. you know we have a platinum one here in Dublin. It's not gold, platinum. Didn't know that. I didn't know there was a diamond. The whole thing. Anyway, two phone calls. From Lifetime, one in Pickerington, and then the Dublin one, heard of this from our listeners, <laughs> saying, how can my guy not get a three-day pass? It's taken care of. Taken care of. Lifetime going to miss, I mean, my gosh, good job, Lifetime. My first thing is, yesterday I talked about my softball team is in the playoffs. Well, during three things, you guys gave Matt the dirty look, and he uh, basically made Eric cover for <laughs> Eric yes. cover for me tonight. Yes! Uh, <laughs> you get the play! Eric was happy to do it. Huge shout out to him. He's a great guy. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get a, go get a dub for you, for everybody. There here. we go. There we go. Hayden hitting dingers. My second one, I'm there. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. I'm too old for this blank. It's uh, <laughs> I was thinking when I woke up Sunday, I was like, we need to shorten these to, to two nights because we've been doing the like show up Thursday and then hang out. And it's just now we need to we need to shorten the bachelor parties. But I don't think I'm going to win that argument with my friends. That's right. I'm telling you, man. Just each year. Father time. It, yeah. It, it catches up with you. Recover. <laughs> I'm with you. My second thing. Look, I was not a huge fan of the rebrand of the L.A. Rams. Okay. But if you notice today, they dropped their, they're calling it a modern throwback, but they dropped the white unis with the yellow and blue, the Eric Dickerson's Mm. that they will rock three times this year. And I got to say, job well done to my old, my old club that I never played for in LA, but in St. Louis. So the LA St. Louis once Rams. There you go. (laughs) My second thing is Patrick Mahomes was playing in that celebrity golf tournament. And, you know, somebody was chirping him from the side. They said, watch out for Justin Herbert next year. You know, like he's going to be in the tournament. And Patrick Mahomes looked at him and said, I'll see it when I believe it. Which makes no sense, man. Come on, you're a $500 million quarterback. You, you got to, like, if you're going to get the one-liners off, get them off right. Uh, last one for me. Uh, big shout out to my aunt and uncle. They uh, they asked uh, my mom if there was anything I was, like, interested in, like, as far as, like, something we needed for the house as we had just moved in and i mentioned that like oh the, the, the my friend had given us his old electric lawnmower but i said on the show earlier that it's not it's not quite heavy duty enough to to get through it all on one charge or to in like the it's it's an internal battery so it charges a lot slower and uh my aunt and uncle hooked us up we got the we got a, a new electric lawnmower there we the, go uh, removable batteries there and it, go. they go into you know i'm gonna then now okay now i've got it i've got the brand to target for my whole suite of tools that are all on the same battery unbelievable look at this homeowner shops love it. my last thing um <laughs> listen this is the third time i've had poison ivy this year mm. um and, and it stinks but i have a system i have a system down i think i figured it out um it involves some alcohol wipes and involves obviously cleaning the area 
the the calamine spray, so you don't have to put the lotion on and rub it. You know, you can spray. I got it. the calamine spray this it's, time. It's, it's way easier. It's way easier. <laughs> um, and, and then once, basically, once you get home. You know, from like it's on my oblique right now, so it's a little. It's not. It's past the itching phase, which I'm glad for. But when you're in the itching phase, the key is if you can go shirtless at the house, do it. The problem is when you have two young daughters, you're like, don't touch it <laughs> because it's going to itch and spread on you. But I also don't want it to spread on them. But anyway, I think I'm through my third bout with with Ivy this summer. That's good. My last thing is I finally ran out of things to talk about with my wife last night for the first time. <laughs> we just... Well, you're a weekend? <laughs> yeah, a weekend. Spent a lot of time together with the honeymoon and everything. Uh, and just no words were exchanged last night when I came home. It was, it was amazing. It was quite electric. Welcome to the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, my wife wishes I had less to say. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Well, you're going to hear more from the two guys coming up next. Rothman and Ice coming up next right here on The Fan. Bo will be back tomorrow, so you won't have to deal with my voice as it continues to heal. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Everything knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.